to it. All right, all right, all right. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1318, season 13, episode 18. And I have titled this episode, Reprobate Citizens, Quarantines Coming, and the Border Invasion. You know, it's a, it is a blessing that we are able to be here still with you guys, are participating, contributing, being able to get this news out, uh, with them basically telegraphing that they're going to shut the power off. They're going to shut the power down. Uh, they're coming after our resources. Uh, they're, they're, that they're flooding in our replacements who are already familiar with the tyranny that we are not. It's crazy. And so it's a, it is a blessing to be here, to be able to put out content, do the work. Uh, and if you guys noticed before on the Twitter, I dropped a poll that I had asked inside of the Telegram. Going into 2024, we need to start thinking about which platform we're going to be on. Uh, I think the end game is clearly to get back up on Instagram. But, you know, that's like beating a dead horse. Zuckerbot and all that won't let me on. And I think it's better just to kind of go with the flow of where things are going. We can round trip it back and get those people on the on the on the rebound. But we we've got to start trying to figure out, again, how to expand the operation or at least get back into the uh, attack pattern formation that we were in beforehand. So the, the point I'm trying to make is stuff is getting crazy. Stuff is getting crazy. People are going to have to double down and commit. 2024 is going to be a pivotal year, not just because of the election, but because of everything that's going on. We're talking lockdowns, uh, quarantines, uh, supply shortages, civil unrest. Uh, we've got a clip for you guys of what's going on down there at the border later on in the show, where, again, I was telling you, you're going to just see flash armies, right? Flash armies. And some of the stories of people that are coming back from the border, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, so we are being invaded. And we've been down there to the border ourselves, but it's 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 nothing like what we're seeing now. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. We've got a lot of different things to go on uh, that, to, to, to discuss in this episode and obviously the operation as, as well. Uh, and it's wild to think that, you know, just next week is Christmas. Uh, just next week is Christmas. And then, you know, we've got New Year's right after that. And I honestly think I only deserve like a week break in between that time frame. And I think what I'll do in between that time frame is uh, build up, well, rebuild the exclusive members program, uh, keep putting out content over there, try to figure out how we can get the, 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 the radio aspect of it going, get the call-in aspect. There's a lot of different facets that go into the work that we do over here. And there's a reason why I'm just telling you guys up front what we're doing, uh, because I'm looking at my own stash of storable goods. It's not enough. I'm looking at my own, you know, ammo supply. It's not enough. All this stuff is not enough, but that still doesn't mean that we can't like trek forward. Um, and I'm telling you, man, it's, it's, it's getting wild. Uh, and so if your circle isn't talking about these type of things, you're not going to make it. And maybe you are that circle. Maybe you are that person. Uh, and it's going to seem crazy when stuff starts going down, how quickly people flip. And this is just something we've talked about going into the, the, the latter part of this year, that switch, that flip, because of how crazy things are becoming. And so you've got to be that person that says, hey, you know, I'm not going to bullshit you. 
I'm to, I'm talking to you straight up. You know that this is what's going down. Okay. And it's intense and it's going to get even more intense. But if we don't have a legitimate conversation about how we can maybe muster up some type of response to it, we're not going to make it. And I'd rather have a fighting chance than just, just dying, <laughs> outright dying. You understand? So things are getting intense out there. And I honestly am very surprised about everything that we're able to report to you guys, really, with, with how crazy everything's going. Um, I didn't think I'd be talking about this type of stuff, man. I think like, uh, like, like, you know, forecasting it, looking at the predictive programming, symbolism and everything else. That's one thing. But going through this stuff is absolutely insane. We've got an article uh, later on about how, you know, school officials are being sworn in on gay porn books rather than the Bible. Kid you not. That's that's legitimately going on. We've also got Hulk Hogan being uh, baptized, which is pretty cool. Rock on, brother. And then obviously we've got some incredible news going out with the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, more information about the the 10 million plus people, 17 million plus people uh, that have been killed by the shot. I had a clip pulled away for you guys earlier this week that came from Twitter. But obviously, you know, Elon, he is the champion of free speech and censored and deleted it. But uh, we'll get more information about that type of stuff going on. Spars 2025 and t- through 2028. There's a lot of things going down. They're not letting us have our uh, our normal holiday season, our normal cycle of things. And I think that should really signify uh, where we are in time. So let's go ahead and get into the updates, and then we'll just start jumping into the honorable mentions and the news blitz. If you guys want to support this operation, the best way to do so is to hit the links in the description bar. Before I jump into that, let me just say I'm very happy with some of the people that have jumped inside of the Discord uh, and some of the conversations that we're having and the content sharing that's going on there. I want more of it. <laughs> I want more of it. And so, you know, during the podcast downtime season, that's enough that's like, the exclusive members thing will be one thing, but the discord chat is where people can come and shoot the breeze, communicate and talk about stuff and share information. Right. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. We're building a whole infrastructure and that's what you're a part of. That's what I'm saying. This was a one man army. I'm literally trying to decentralize and export everything your boy is doing. So you can understand how, uh, how impactful we actually truly have been We've just never really put the, the gloves on, <laughs> yeah, so to speak. We've never put the gloves on. We've never taken it serious. Uh, oh, we, we take it serious, but you, you, you get where I'm going with this. The point is, you are the engine here. Uh, I can build this house up. I can do all this work, but I need you guys to participate in the things that we're doing. So, yeah, get into the Telegram. That's where you're going to get the majority of the updates Jump inside of the Discord. That's where you can have all kinds of conversations and things like that, share information. Uh, And if you check the Twitter poll that I put out, I'm asking as well, what other platforms we should put the content on? This is all very important, guys, but you got to start communicating. Uh, But again, if you guys want to support this operation, the best way you can do so is to hit the links in the description bar below. Uh, Support us through coffees, support us through PayPal, support us through Patreon, support us through Cash App. Uh, You can support yourself through New Leaf Naturals, right? We've got that, we've got the got the partnership linked up again, 10 to 30%. You can find the links for that in the description bar below, as well uh, as My Patriot Supply. Like I said, man, I'm looking at my stuff and I don't have enough. And they're talking supply shortages again. They're talking supply line uh, uh, problems. 
because of what's going on down there at the border. And that's inflation and shortages. And I'm just, I don't, I don't want to hear it. So I just want to start stacking more storable goods. You guys can find all the links for that in the description bar below. We've got a giveaway coming up. I've got to try to figure out how to do one of those things um, because we are accumulating money over here on crypto. And I want to reward people that have been listening. I'm trying to tell you guys, uh, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about, again, where we are and how we've positioned ourselves in this ecosystem and how we really, truly are just trying to come back into the captain's chair. But yeah, all the links for that good stuff is in the description, in, in the description bar below. I just want to get into the news and talk about this type of stuff. Uh, we've got Biden's motorcade being hit, which is, which is wild. Them telegraphing that he's leaving. Uh, we, we even have some crazy predictions that they'll somehow remove Joe Biden at the very last second, roll in uh, Michelle Obama and Gavin Newsom as the vice president. And <clears throat> really, really wild stuff going on over here in America. But let's go ahead and get into the news. We'll do the news crews, talk about all this stuff and more in this episode. You know, I think what I might do since we didn't get a, a fair amount of Twitter content, I might uh, spend a portion of the news crews going through doing just that. But let's go ahead and just uh, start cruising. Start cruising. Hmm. Beijing imposes export controls on rare earth processing tech as mineral wars with U.S. heats up. Mineral wars. We've got this. We'll be talking about this later on, too. El Salvador President Nayib Bukele, thanks to Colorado banning Trump, the U.S. has lost its ability to lecture anyone about democracy. Yeah, that's the major thing that's going on this week, that Donald Trump has been banned from the ballot. And that's a huge thing. You literally have your opposition ban. You're banning your opposition. That's like a banana republic. That's extraordinarily. That's textbook level authoritarianism. And so that is a, a, a very accurate statement. We'll be talking about that as well. We've got uh, Nayib Bukele speaking up, Ramaswamy speaking, Vivek Ramaswamy. We've even, we've got all kinds of people uh, speaking up about this because it's a big deal. It's a big deal saying, Hey, is this going to be civil war? If Trump doesn't get on the ballot, I mean, clearly he's going to win, but this isn't what they go, they're, they're, they want. And in, and in doing all of this, they're setting up this dictatorship. And if by a hair, if, a, if, if by like the chin of his hairs, he's able to get the electoral, get elected. Think about how they have burned the ladder all the way up to that point. So it'll, it'll be very crazy uh, to see. It'll be very crazy to see uh, Texas to start flying migrants to Chicago after sanctuary city attempts to thwart the busing effort. And we'll talk more about this in the segment with with border invasion, because, you know, we, we, we this is like a whole industry. They have legalized human trafficking. We're sending migrants on buses, on planes. Uh, there's whole migrant routes. I was watching uh, I was watching this 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 basically debriefing from the muckraker guys, uh, the muckraker team 
I don't know, just I guess muckraker, muckraker is the easiest way to describe it. I was watching this like debriefing from muckraker, and he was talking about the whole migration path all the way down from like Ecuador straight up here to America. And I mean, we played some of this for you guys last week. You know how there's there's literally people, Chinese people, coming through here, and so it's just crazy. This is a whole now legalized industry, uh, even supported and backed by the by the UN. It's insane. All of this stuff is insane. Let us continue. Uh, China's plan to build global technocracy using artificial intelligence. Yep. Mike Adams has been doing a wonderful job this week explaining how we need truth-based AI uh, to, to really combat this stuff. Because like, we really are dealing with what, you know, AGI, artificial general intelligence, Demonic intelligence, man. We really are like they—they've got stuff coming out now where it's like your new girlfriend. Where this stuff is going to get very tricky for people. People are going to have a hard time, you know, dissociating, differentiating reality, man. And AI is going to play a huge part in this. Uh, I mean, I've I've seen how some of the AI has affected the truth community, and some of this stuff can be good because you're using it for you know historical depiction and stuff like this. Other times, man, it's it's pretty far out there, and so it's it's. Very interesting what's going on with the AI. We need to start talking about that more, or at least uh, explaining and expanding on how that affects the technocracy, humans, and things like this. I mean, we mentioned it. Uh, here, here I am. Uh, here I am ranting again. We mentioned it just the other day, uh, just the other week, when we were talking about uh, this city that used ChatGPT to create a new city, a, a, a new city ordinance. And now think about this. And I said, uh, and I've been saying this. You don't want to end up an NPC in somebody else's chat GPT script. That's what artificial general intelligence is. That's what this type of stuff is. I'm just getting started. Don't don't let me get started, though. Don't let me get started. Let's continue on. Let's continue on. Uh, more than 300,000 air fryers have been recalled over potential hazard. That's weird. That's weird. Uh, Israel victory IDF eliminates 600 terrorists, secures a, quote, elite quarter as Hamas is trapped and forced to hunt animals for food, losing sanity. Interesting. And the war rages on. We've got news about what's going on in Ukraine as well. Uh, you know, but, uh, <laughs> Zelensky coming over here just begging for more money. Uh Bidenomics, self-checkout kiosks at 4,500 Walmarts now offer the buy now, pay later, pay later, uh, pay later loans for basic items. You know, and, and that's what I'm saying about like the shortages, the inflation, your dollar having less spending power. A lot of people are sounding the economic uh, alarm for just how, just like the dollar, just the dollar, man, just the dollar being basically worthless. Nobody the BRICS nations, uh, all of this stuff. And I need to have a better comprehension to be able to break down all this information to you guys. I'm telling you, it's intense. It's intense. Uh, former president to be exposed in Jeffrey Epstein's client list unsealing. A quote, former president is about to be exposed when the courts finally unsealed Jeffrey Epstein's quote client list in early January. A bombshell new report has just revealed. As Slade News has reported earlier, a federal judge ordered this week that the documents related to Epstein's tra sex trafficking cases must be made public with the names unredacted. Interesting. And we'll be covering that. 
and you're that, and, and and that's how you know you're going to start seeing some even crazier stuff popping off. That's how you know you're going to start seeing uh, assassinations, bombings, shootings, because well, this is coming out. That's why you've got people like Kevin Spacey and Stephen King saying, "Well, if Trump gets elected, I'm leaving." It's got nothing to do with Trump. I tell you that. Okay, I'll tell you that right now. That's why you got a lot of people saying, oh, I'm going to leave if, if Trump gets elected because, well, then if this comes out, then he'll have all kinds of reasons to legally and lawfully go after these people. The same way they're trying to go after people from J6. Just letting you know. CDC admits that no data supports the advice to take the monkeypox influenza and COVID shots together. Who's, who's doing this? (laughs) Is that a real thing? Is that a real thing? It says that the CDC has acknowledged that there is no data supporting the co-administration of vaccines for monkeypox, COVID-19 and influenza in contradiction of advice of a top agency official gave to the public quote, there are no data administering J Y N N E O S vaccine at the same time as the other vaccines said, as as the other vaccines, the CDC said. This, the acknowledgement was made in response to the Freedom of Information Act request by attorneys for the nonprofit Informed Consent Action Network, which regularly challenges health agencies to back up claims with hard data. The nonprofit lodged the request because of a video released by the CDC. In the video, a narrator says, uh, can I get my monkeypox at the same time as my flu and COVID shot? Where is this propaganda? Where is this? Can I get my Mpox vaccine at the same time as my flu shot and COVID vaccines? The short answer is yes. Some people who have underlying heart disease or risk for heart disease may consider delaying the COVID booster for four weeks after their Mpox shot because of a possible risk of heart inflammation associated with some COVID and Mpox vaccines. The current Mpox vaccine is not associated with such inflammation, but it's good to talk to your vaccinator or clinician about what's right for you. Okay, great to know. So that was like a lie. That's crazy. All right. So it was that was like a lie, apparently. <laughs> There's no data to do that. Don't do that. You just heard propaganda. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. All right. Let, let, let's go ahead and get that back up on screen and uh, continue on. Yeah, so so basically what they're saying is you just got lied to. You got lied to. Don't do that. Don't take three shots together. Uh, don't have heart attacks. Don't 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 have myocarditis. You know, if I believed in peer pressure, I'd probably have myocarditis. Let's continue on. Let's continue on. Alabama football star arrested on STD charge. Good job, bro. That's not a good thing. You should not be running around uh, giving people STDs. Wrap, wrap, wrap it up. Fifth court rules in favor of Texas. Biden regime can no longer destroy state border fences or cut down Constantino wire on border. Yeah, because you need a law to do that. You need a law to tell them, hey, don't cut down the defense system. Crazy. That's so upside down. 
so upside down. Uh, I was seeing some evidence. I was seeing some, uh, some some clips of this on Twitter. At least ten people are dead in a Prague University shooting. Rescuer says, "Random, random, random shots coming out. Random, random attack taking place." Uh, yeah, several dead after shooting at University in Prague. A Salem shot dead by police. Several people have been killed and dozens have been injured in a shooting in Central Prague, according to Czech police. The incident took place in the area of San Polak and Jan Polak Square in the city's old town. Quote, there are several dead people and dozens of injured. Police said on the social media platform X. Court orders release of 108 names linked to Epstein and Maxwell. I am not an insurrectionist. Trump pounds social media with claim of incense. Like, I'm not an insurrectionist. Top U.S. Chinese military officials speak in sign of warning times, warning ties. Gavin Newsom's 10-year plan to end San Francisco's homelessness turns 20 years old as the crisis grows statewide. Yeah, we've got an article coming up about that in our honorable mentions, how the homelessness crisis has increased underneath the Biden administration. But I mean, that's Bidenomics. Minnesota, good Lord, Minnesota elementary students exposed to porn and violent threats during Zoom's Zoom call at school. Good Lord, people are really it's 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 degenerate is what it is Let's get a couple more of these and then we'll move over there to the liberty daily and see what they have for us hmm. built upon lies and spiritual darkness the rise and coming fall of satan's counterfeit kingdom uh, good stuff from skywatch tv rest in peace to Tom Horn. Uh, home prices up in all major cities except Austin. Interesting. Man drives 38 miles with legless body of hit and run victim in his passenger seat. I'm saying people are degenerating, just becoming more bestial or crazy, just more unhinged because of situations like this. Adderall shortage leaves patients scrimping to fill scripts. Remember, we talked about this because of the shortages and how this will affect people psychologically and how you're just going to have people flipping out, doing all kinds of sketchy stuff, random things, having episodes, breaking, because this is a real thing. And it's just getting started. You know, it's like how people are cranky and upset when they don't have their coffee because they're spoiled because they're spoiled Americans or something like this. Well, imagine people not having their meds when they're legitimately off their meds and they can't get their meds and they have to wait months to get their meds. By the time they get their meds, will they want their meds? Moving forward, what happens when you add millions of desperate immigrants to a nation that has already become a powder powder keg? This is most likely an article by Michael Snyder we won't get into it. 
we won't get into it. It's kind of just, you know, just a headline, just something to think about. Satanic Temple unveils a new holiday display featuring a goat skull at Michigan State Capitol. It says that the Satanic Temple has unveiled a new holiday display, this time at the Michigan State Capitol. This is an article by Cassandra McDonald from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up December 21st. Happy holidays. The article goes on to say that the group claims that the satanic altars are meant to promote, quote, religious diversity. Last week, which we ranted and waved, raved about, a satanic temple was beheaded in the Iowa State Capitol by Michael Cassidy, a Christian and former military officer. officer. Satanic temple members across Michigan united to create their state capitol holiday display. The satanic organization wrote in a post on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. Lansing's TST candidate congregation crafted the goat with the help from the TST West Michigan and TST Detroit. Stop by the Capitol to view our Michigan congregation's display. And so what's crazy is we're seeing just multiple Satanists come together to try to agitate and trigger people. Look at this. Here's the post on Twitter. Here's the post on Twitter. And they're so proud. They're all happy. Right. And you've also got to think about how this signifies the times that we are in. That they are this bold, that they would come out and do these type of things. And we're like, oh, I don't want to say Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. It might be offensive. Says the new display features two Nordic pagan, quote, Yule goats, one of which is adorned with a goat skull. Traditionally, the goat is burned as a part of a ceremony to, quote, to alleviate pain and suffering. According to a report by WILX News 10, members of the Satanic Temple gathered at the state capitol on Monday for the unveiling. Quote, just the opportunity for us to all gather and be able to celebrate the year and celebrate our own achievements and celebrate religious plurality. That's what it's all about for me. Minister of Satan Bender Bones told Will X. $20,000 was, ra- $20, was raised in just three hours to cover legal fees for Cassidy after he tore down the Iowa display, which featured a goat's head on a red cape mannequin holding an inverted pentagram wreath. Speaking to the Sentinel, Cassidy said that he had beheaded the statue in order to, quote, awaken the Christians to the anti-Christian acts promoted by our government. Let's see if I can find that, man. That'd be a pretty cool thing to see. Did you say that, dude? Oh, man, there's like a whole. I wonder if there's like a clip of him saying it. No, but here is a here is the beheaded. Here's the beheaded statue. Just cut his head off. He did it to reawaken the Christians to what's going on. The quote, the world may tell Christians to submissively accept the legitimization of Satan, but none of the founders would have considered government sanction of satanic altars inside Capitol buildings as protected by the First Amendment, Cassidy said. Quote, anti-Christian values have steadily been mainstreamed more and more in recent decades, and Christians have largely, largely acted like the proverbial frog in the boiling pot of water. My man is right. My man is right. He's preaching. My man is preaching. And this is true. We sit over here and we play, oh, well, you know, they have free, they have First Amendment too. Oh, you know, they have the right. Now, listen, we know what they're doing. We know that they're triggering us. We know that they're trolling us. We know that they're coming after us. And if we play these games, and this is a bait of some type of switch, let's get after it. 
Okay. These, these people are being militant. These people are coming after us. These people are denigrating our faith. And I'm all for religious freedom. Not like this, though. Not like this, though. You see, I think that might be a good place for us to move on to the Liberty Daily. Let's get a couple more of these and and then we'll start getting into the honorable mentions because, like I said, that's a full show in and of itself. And we've got a lot of stuff to kind of run through, a lot of stuff. Uh, has a, quote, silent depression already started in the United States? I would, I would, I would agree it has. Instant poverty for all. Supreme Court decision could impose taxes on paper gains for all assets. I would agree. Uh, quote, this is off the charts. Economists claim 2024 will bring the biggest crash of our lifetime in the U.S. That's crazy. These are just three different headlines that I just, you know, randomly saw. Let's read this one. It's over here from Zero Hedge. Let's read this one. And and, and then I'm not trying to terrify you guys, but the same way I'm like, look, there are militant Satanists, not everywhere, but, you know, in your local area. (laughs) And I, and I know that sounds crazy, but we're going over the Satanic Temple every other week. We're talking about the uh, after-school Satan programs. We're talking about public rituals and stuff like this, uh, abortuaries, Satanic uh, abortion f- facilities over here. And so the same way I'm telling you, hey, I'm noticing this. This is kind of strange. Remember the Occult World series we would do because there were so many articles coming out week after week after week that we would just come up with a series for them. That's where we're at now. But the same way that I'm telegraphing that, hey, there's a fair amount of occultists, Satanists, witches, warlocks, pagans, and people like this. Our economy is not looking too hot and people aren't wanting to do business and we're not projecting strength and we're not producing anything either. And so what are we doing whenever people don't want to do business with us, whenever our our military can't really project strength to ensure that, hey, the goods and services will still be carried on? That's not good. People look for alternatives. The same way I'm talking about migration paths all the way up here from Ecuador because they have bad situations over there and they think there's a little bit of opportunity over here. People are going to want to be able to do business and ensure that their goods and services get done. And if America can't ensure that, that's why you always hear people joke about how our our, our dollar is backed by the, by the full weight of the United States military. That is and is not a joke because our military is weak. Therefore, our dollar is weak. Therefore, our ability to protect other people who want to invest in us is weak. And so now, now they're saying that this is off the charts. Economists claim that 2024 will bring the biggest crash of our lifetime. An economist who focuses on consumer spending has issued a dire warning about the U.S. economy in the coming year. Quote, since 2009, this has been 100% artificial, unprecedented money printing and deficits. 27 trillion over 15 years to be exact. Economist Harry Dent told Fox Business on December 19th, quote, this is off the charts, 100% artificial, which means we're in a, di- a dangerous state. Quote, I think 2024 is going to be the biggest single crash year we'll see in our lifetime. Quote, we need to get back down to normal and we need to see and we need to send a message to central banks, he said. Quote, this should be a lesson I don't think we'll ever revisit. I don't think we'll ever see a bubble of for any of our lifetimes again. As Jack Phillips reports at the Epoch Times, Mr. Dent, who owns HS Dent Investments Management Firm, 
told the outlet that the U.S. markets are currently in a bubble, which started in late 2021 amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Quote, things are not going to go back to normal for a few years. We may never see these levels again. And this crash is not going to be is not going to be a correction, he said. Quote, it's going to be more like 29 to 32 level. And anybody who sat through that would have shot their stockbroker. <laughs> oh, my God. Mr. Dent said, making references to the stock market crash in 1929 that led to the Great Depression throughout the 1930s. Quote, if I'm right, it's going to be the biggest crash of our lifetime, most of it happening in 2024. You're going to see it start, and it may be more obvious by May. So I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and leave it there and jump back over here to Liberty Daily. And that's, that's kind of what I'm hearing, that, hey, war is going to start popping up by like April uh, by May, you're going to start seeing, you know, economic stuff pop off. It's, 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 uh, there, these are the dates I'm hearing. This is the information I'm getting. Right. And so this is why you hear me hurriedly trying to explain stuff to you, desperately pulling things together, uh, saying, Hey, we're going to cut this off, but we're going to do this really tightening the belt and saying, you know, when, when as we go through this, we really do need to kind of just get our, just keep getting our stuff together. I think that's the only thing I can keep saying, man. Everybody needs to keep getting their self together because we're not done. Uh, and we're, we're, when, when we go through this, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, very, very interesting. What the heck? Quote, vaccine medical poisons can now be delivered via ultrasound. Let's look into this. Uh, this is an article from Ethan Huff of Natural News. It says that the public willingness to get injected with who knows what from vaccine needles is waning. Thus, scientists are now developing needleless vaccines that they claim can be delivered to a person's body through ultrasound. At the recent Acoustics 2023 event in Sydney, scientists unveiled the concept along with a press release from the Acoustical Society of America, which co-hosted the event along with the Australian Acoustic Society. Quote, the scientific conference brings together acu- acoustic, ah, geez, acoustic-ticians, researchers, musicians, and more experts from around the world, the press release set reads. Quote, while in Sydney, they will describe their work on various topics, including needle-free ultrasound-enhanced vaccine delivery, automated pop song mashups, impacts of acoustic design in prisons and auditory sensory augmentation to support table tennis games for people with vision loss. Darcy Dunn Lawless, a doctoral student at the University of Oxford's Institute of Biomedical Engineering, presented his team's finding. The finding that were revealed at the conference in a paper that provides an overview of the experiment and how it could change the way vaccines are delivered. Good God. Says for the experiment, Dunn Lawless and his, that's his name, really, like D U N N L A W L E S S, Lawless, Dunn Lawless, and his colleagues conducted in vivo tests that they say produced a greater immune response than conventional injections, but with 700 times fewer vaccine molecules. In other words, a whole lot less vaccine material is needed using the ultrasound delivery route rather than the injection delivery route. And the effects, we are told, are much greater with the ultrasound. Crazy. That is some futuristic type of stuff. Sonic delivered, ultrasonic delivered vaccines. 
molecules. But you know, I say that's that's some science fiction type stuff, but think about you know light, light based technologies, sound based frequencies, and 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 we know we are electric beings. This isn't that far out there, but it is pretty far out there. It's uh, it's terrifying, cool, and awesome at the same time to think about. Would I want somebody like Bill Gates having access to this technology? You bet not. You bet not. Do I think that they will use this type of technology in the future to do all kinds of sketchy stuff? You bet your keister. But I still think that's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, dangerous, but pretty cool. Dangerous, but pretty cool. Let's read a couple more of these, and then we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Uh, IRS issues warning over withdrawals required before e end of year. And again, that's what I'm saying. This is just more of the telegraphing, more of them signaling, hey, you're going to have these problems. Hey, this is what's going on. Hey, we can't we can't help you. Uh, banks are shutting down. Your dollar has less. People don't want to do business with America or Americans. You know, it's 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 not looking good. And I think that's one of the things that people can notice. And when goods don't cross borders, I hear Steve Quayle say this all the time, when goods don't cross borders, people, uh, armies do. And that's an intense part of the resource wars that we do not want to get to. Let's continue on. You know, uh, uh, they're not aliens. They've always been here. And I do think it's spiritual. Should we play this video of Tucker Carlson talking about the UFO phenomena? Will we... Will we take the clickbait? Yeah, we will. It's my personal belief based on a fair amount of evidence that they're not aliens. They've always been here. Um, and, I, and I do think it's spiritual. That's, that's my view. So, and, and again, it's not provable, but based on, uh, on the evidence, I think. I'm with you. Absolutely. But, 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 if the U.S. government has, in fact, had contact, direct contact with these beings, whatever they are, I've already told you what I think they are, and has entered into some sort of agreement with them, which is which is the claim of of informed people. Um, I would say whether they're right or wrong, I can't say conclusively. Yeah, but, but, yeah. but if that is true, I mean, it's a very, very, very heavy thing. Yeah, are you, well, a lot of people say interdimensional beings. Right. I, I want to ask: are, you, are angels and demons, or how would you well, describe these these beings? You know, I these are again. I'm getting into the realm of conjecture, so I just want to say that flat out. Entity. But one thing I know for a dead certain fact, having seen it, is that. Um, there is good and evil that we are being acted upon at all times. And I think every person can feel that in himself. I mean, there are moments when you are moved to do things that are much better than you actually are, and that are also more evil and destructive than you actually are. You are subject to forces from outside yourself. That is absolutely true. Now, we can argue about what they are, but every person in the room, if he's reflective, will tell you, yes, I know what you're talking about. And so there are forces that are not human, that do exist in a spiritual realm of some kind, that we cannot see, and that when you think about it, sort of make you think we live in an ant farm. Yeah. <laughs> being, right? And that's Absolutely. just, that we, is we real. Yeah. Okay. When I, and, and there's many. We, we do. I'm sure there's more that I that, that could go on there. There is a uh, Tucker Carlson on Timcast IRL with Luke We Are Change and uh, Timcast, or Tim, Tim. Anyway, one of the things I want to talk about with the UFO phenomenon, I've been following this thing like since I was like 12 years old, you know, and, and, and when you go look at, cause I was watching this, this, uh, 2011 presentation from Dr. David M. Jacobs, where he was breaking down where we are in the hybrid process 
Okay. Let me school you on something over here, uh, Tucker, with your deepness and whatever. Uh, where we are now in the hybrid process is there's multiple scaling levels. There's a hierarchy now that's being revealed to people, ranging from the gray aliens to the, manto to the mantoids, uh, the reptilians, tall whites, tall grays, and things like this. There's a whole hierarchy when it comes to this. Is there a spiritual component? You bet your keister. Have they been here before? You bet your keister. Are some of these people from the future, our future? Like, are we just the latest iteration of humans here? You betcha. Are we being experimented upon? Yeah, well, if they're still able to do it and be here and co and, and, and operate, heck yeah. You know, in that presentation, Dr. David M. Jacobs was explaining how roughly about 3% of the population, they came up with about like 10, 10, 10 million, 10 million people. And I thought, oh my God, like that's crazy because 17 million people have died from the shot. 17 million people have died from the shot. Did you even notice? And so Dr. David M. Jacobs was thinking that this roughly 10, uh, three to 10% of the population, I think these are like one to 3% of the population, which resulted in about 10 million people being abducted. Could you imagine that many people? But when you dive deep into what these abductees and these people who have been a part of these hybrid experiences talk about, they talk about the coming disasters that are that they're being trained about, that they're being trained for. See, this is why I shouldn't have taken the clickbait. I know too much about all this stuff. Is there a spiritual component to it? Yes, there is. Because there is a bio, a biotechnological component to it. These guys, some of these things are not actual flesh and bone entities. Some of these things are actual robots. Some of these things are actual uh, entities that live, that co-mingle here on this earth, on this planet with us. And that's what I'm saying, man. We live in such a mysterious universe, such a crazy time that what we think we know, we have no understanding of. We really don't. And so when we start launching into stuff like this, it's good that people like Tucker can say these things. There is a spiritual component to it. Some of it is demonic. That's what I'm trying to get around to you. There is a there's a host and hierarchy of entities that are, you know, quarterback in the alien abduction phenomena. You could look into the military abduction phenomena that take place right after the aliens uh, abduct people because they wanted to see what was going on. And then how there's also uh, the, the military that takes place in some of these abductions and how there is an actual agreement. We don't know it for sure. It's the Eisenhower and Grieta Treaty that we hear so much about, but that we see this taking place. And so our generation, my generation, will be the one that does welcome the aliens because we already have people that have embraced this transgender, this transhuman ideology. And so, you know, it, it, it's trippy, man. I'm not saying this stuff just to, you know, launch into a rant. And I think one of the, one of the scariest things I've heard, and this is maybe why I should just link that Dr. David M. Jacobs. Let me write that in my notes. Link Dr. David presentation. I'll put that in the description bar. I'll find it, man. Uh, because one of the scariest things I heard him talk about in that presentation was how some of these hybrids are being trained. Like, like, like they described being like in an experience where they were seeing a little gray alien being chased by like a human, by, by like, you know, mobs of humans. But the human is being trained not to save the human, but to save the aliens. That's one aspect of it. 
The other aspect is because this little gray alien is being chased by humans, somebody else has also reported in these coming disasters when humans are freaking out, you know, there's all this calamity and destruction going on and this confusion. The aliens and the hybrids will be on the ground. Ushering people just come inside the just come inside the UFO, just, you know, jump inside of here. We'll take care of you. You know, don't worry about the, the, the chaos and the destruction. Join us. Get inside the ship. Get inside the ship. And these are real reports that are going on. And so when you talk about the UFO phenomenon, it's much more than just seeing things in the sky. There, there are there are submersibles, right? There are submersible UFOs. Uh, I forget what they what 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 they're called. It's like U you know USOs, underwater submersible objects, unidentified submersible objects. I'm I'm assuming I'm not sure, but there's reports of them under the water. There's a there's reports of people feeling like they're inside of uh, underground. Like there's a lot of stuff when you get into this, and it's not just spiritual. The military industrial complex is involved. A whole it is the breakaway civilization. It is people that have been here before us. It is advanced technology. It is stuff that we're coming into contact with. Uh, and that's what I'm saying, man. I've been following this stuff for years. That's what started this show. Just genuine curiosity and what the heck is going on. Why are people reporting be, it's being probed? It's not just that. People are having genetic material taken from them. Have, having, having, having people having babies harvested. People who were nine months pregnant. And then all of a sudden, just a baby literally essentially being teleported from 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 the womb. This is incredible stuff. And nobody bats an eye. And now, <laughs> now, now we have a fair amount of the population that has been victimized by this shot. That have literally had their genes changed forever by this shot. And it, 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 that's what I'm also saying. you got to think about this. How crazy... The world we live in is. And so I know I just jumped from aliens to, to what's going on over here with COVID, but maybe what was going on with the alien agenda was was a harvesting of genetic material prior to this great thing that they were about to do. And because nobody ever thinks like this, nobody ever acts like this, nobody ever cares what's going on in the sky, what's going on with their fellow humans, what's going on in this time frame that we live in. They don't see these things. They don't ask these questions. And so, yes, no, you will see hybrids. You will see aliens. You will see transhumans. You will see cyborgs. You will see androids. You will see mutants. You will see all of these things because they are coming. They are creating a condition where it will seem like a a hell. I don't want to say like a hellish place on Earth or like, you know, like it's Halloween town. Like it's the nightmare before Christmas or something. But these are all ranges of things that your mind has been prepared for. So that when it starts rolling out, you're like, oh, crap. That is real. Yes, but think about the implications of what that realness means. So just I get, I'm, I'm getting worked up. I'm getting worked up. You know what we're going to go ahead and do? This is why. Let me go ahead and just get into the honorable mentions. Getting all worked up as always, man. I'm, I'm, I just it's it's crazy to think about what is going on in this world of ours, and you've got people who are who are still asleep at the wheel, asleep at the wheel, and they don't they they, they don't see what's happening, and it's scary. 
It is scary. Let's go ahead and get into again. Sorry, guys. Let me go ahead and get into the news. I got I got all worked up as always. Let me start the start this machine. This right here. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I'll put the link for that talk that I saw with Dr. David M. Jacobs, that speech. I'll put that link in the description bar below. So you guys go check it out. Listen to him yourself. This is somebody that's not pro Space Brothers, not pro all this other weird hippie fifth dimensional uh, alien invasion type of stuff. And, and, and it's good to hear a counter argument like that. Uh, but let's get into some more ground based news. Ukrainian deputy detonates three grenades and local council meeting. One killed, 26 injured, including the suspect. An article by Bell Carter from National News, they put this up December 20th. It says the first death has already been reported from the grenade explosions that happened recently during a local council meeting in the Koretsky Village Council in the Transcarpathian region of Western Ukraine. The 55-year-old victim who was previously in critical condition in the intensive care unit passed away on Saturday, December 16th. Moreover, the Security Service of Ukraine, SBU, stated that the 26 people, including the suspect, sustained injuries from the incident. More were diagnosed with shrapnel rounds. The alleged bomber, who is now conscious and was identified by Ukrainian politician Oleski Honcharenko to be Serhei Batrin, a deputy from the Ukrainian president Vladimir Zelensky's Servant for the People Party, remains under medical and police supervision in the hospital. The case is said to be reclassified as a terrorist act resulting in the loss of life, and the deputy responsible for the detonating of the grenades has already been informed of suspicious charges informed of suspicion under charges related to the terrorist act, leading to the serious consequence. As seen in the viral video, yet distressing below, the 54-year-old local politician walks into the meeting room and closes the door behind him. He stands at the closed door as an argument is ongoing at the meeting. He tried to intervene, saying, quote, can I say something? But nobody paid attention. This is when he pulls the grenades from his suit pockets, pulls the pins, and tosses them. He then pulls out a third grenade and apparently holds on to it, after pulling the pin. Let's watch. Insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah, so we wonder why the aliens haven't showed up. Um, you're going to see more of that. They're killing the realm. You know, they, they, these, these people are deserting. They don't want to be a part of a war that they feel like they're going to lose. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to go. I would not want to go to this war right now. And it's not, oh, I don't want to fight Putin. This is not something I agree with. I don't want to, I don't want to feed the machine. But they're they're killing their own. And I think eventually it'll get to a point where they get Zelensky out of there. The war effort's not going his way. But in doing so, they're just going to start killing and destroying and assassinating any type of existing political structure that stands in the way of the of the dictatorship totalitarianism that they're trying to establish. Like, like think about this. This is me also saying, too, what's going over here in America? People just losing it. 
walking up, the sense of civility just being thrown out the window. You guys are talking about what? Here's a grenade, boom. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. This is the civil unrest. This is the destabilization, the disintegration. Defiant Zelensky says Ukraine plans to mobilize 500 more soldiers after the difficult year. Vows to defeat Putin. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has revealed dramatic plans to mobilize 500 more troops to fight against Russia. At a rare end-of-year address, the defiant leader admitted it has been a, quote, difficult year, but vowed Ukraine will fight on to victory. The Ukrainian president tonight held an unexpected press conference to discuss the state of the war and strategies for the new year. Zelensky kicked off his address by stating that, quote, this has been a difficult year that is coming to an end. However, he told the Ukrainians never to lose, quote, our resilience, adding that, quote, we are fighting for the future to be chosen by ourselves, not the Russian Federation. In order to do this, the embattled leader said that the Ukrainian army has asked for an extra 450 to 500,000 men to be drafted. There it is, drafted. This is a sensitive issue, he said, but stated that he needed more arguments to support this idea. When asked if there was any possibility of, quote, defeat, Zelensky confidently res- responded, quote, no. He said, quote, we're not ready to give up, to let go. From day one to the last day, this will be the same. And together we can bring this victory closer. Dressed in his usual military fatigues and black jumper, Zelensky faced questions over the waning Western support, fatigue in Kiev, and how many years longer Ukraine can fight on. Quote, I think that no one knows the answer. Even respected people, our commanders and Western partners, who say that this is a war for many years, they do not know, Zelensky said. Cash-strapped Kiev is facing a difficult second winter at war with issues, Zelensky said, centered around securing military aid to plug the shortage in artillery shells and systems and other weapons. Think about this, man. Where do this is the guy? This is the guy that's taking your money. When we start getting invaded and shot and infiltrated, this guy will not come to help. This guy won't come to help. None of the people that we've given aid to will come to help. We will be left here holding the bag by ourselves. 500,000 more people will be drafted. And we've already seen videos of people well into their 60s being drafted. Women are now being drafted in Ukraine. And we saw last week where he was saying, don't build roads. Don't do that. Don't cry. Give us money. Give your money to the machine. Give your money to the weapon, to the drones. And now your sons and daughters. Good God. And this is what they're feeding into this machine. And if you don't think that this will, this type of stuff will begin to spiral out, essentially two places like here in America, like this, this, this war won't be pocketed. This won't be an isolated war. This thing will expand. And now they're asking for more people. Archbishop Vigiano says that Klaus Schwab is conducting a global coup d'etat and threatening world leaders who do not adapt to this fourth industrial revolution will find themselves ousted and will lose. They will lose everything, including their freedom. In short, Klaus Schwab is threatening the head of government of the 20 most industrialized nations in the world 
to carry out the programmatic points of the Great Reset in their nation. This goes far beyond the pandemic. It is a global coup d'etat against which it is essential that people rise up and that the still healthy organ of state start an international juridical process. The threat is imminent and serious. Since the World Economic Forum is capable of carrying out its subversive project, and those who govern nations have all become either enslaved or blackmailed by this international mafia. In the light of these statements, and those of others no less delusional than Yuval Noah Harari, Schwab's advisor, we understand how the pandemic first served as a trial balloon for imposing controls, coercive measures, curtailing individual freedoms, and increasing unemployment and poverty. The new step will, will have to be carried out by means of economic and energy, energy crises, which are instrumental to the establishment of a synarchic government in the hands of the global elite. I appreciate you, Archbishop. Father Vigano, I appreciate you. Imagine if all bishops, imagine if all preachers sounded like that. Maybe that's what I'll become like during this wartime, during this like civil war, this global war. Maybe I'll just become like a, a, a wandering priest type deal. Who knows? Uh, but this is what's going on. He's right. This is what's going on. We're seeing it. We're seeing the attack. We're seeing the, 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 the new world order uh, come alive. You see, we're seeing uh, people get bought out. Uh, we're, the, 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 the Gavin Newsom's, the, uh, the, 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 what's his name? Justin Trudeau's, the, uh, who's, who's the Hawaiian lady? Not, um, Man, it's escaping me right now. We have a lot of people that are actually bought out and paid for by Klaus Schwab, and that list is only growing. Uh, and this is this is this is true. We are seeing a global coup d'état. Let's try to get through a couple more of these guys. Let's pick up the pace. Kamala Harris says that she supports the Second Amendment and an assault weapons ban. Vice President Kamala Harris has indicated that she supports the Second Amendment and gun control. There it is. More of that, more of that double speak. Quote, I'm in favor of the Second Amendment, and I am also in favor of the assault weapons ban, universal background checks, and red flag gun laws. We can do both. A tweet on the Kamala Harris X account reads, Florida State Senator Blaze Ignolia uh, was one of the many people who pushed back on Harris's comment. Quote, a Venn diagram would say that you're contradicting yourself. He tweeted, Harris said that she loves Venn diagrams. Let's see. There it is. It's not made to. It's not made. It's not meant to make sense. Because then you don't question them, and this type of dictatorial upside down logic is what they want to be able to deploy on the people. But there you have it. She says that she supports the Second Amendment and the and the assault weapons ban. You know, when I remember whenever this whole Israel, Palestine, Hamas, Gaza situation started popping off, 
she had to jump up and say, you know what? I support gun control. I support gun control. It's almost as if she knew more terror attacks were coming here in the United States. And she telegraphed, hey, I support confiscating these people's weapons. You know, and just to jump back as to what Archbishop Carlo Vigiano was pointing out about this global cabal of people, this 180 lit names of people that will be, you know, released the client list from Jeffrey Epstein's list, you've got to think about the global impact of that and how they're going to fight tooth and nail to cover up everything. Gisley Maxwell is still in jail. I'm surprised by that. And the fact that she's still alive. What do you think is going to happen when some of these names come out? Chaos, that's for sure. We are facing a demographic collapse of epic proportions. An article by Michael Snyder of the End of the American Dream. I put this up December 18th. And again, you know, Michael's articles are extraordinarily lengthy. So we're just going to kind of read a little bit of this just to get it on record. Uh, this is why we talk about the, regression, the, the, the replacement theory, replacement migration, uh, the immigration invasion, mass migration, the multicultural agenda. Uh, all these things are all kind of wrapped in one. Uh, you know, it, when, again, if you incorporate now the COVID factor, the fact that people mostly and largely Western nations are sterile or will begin to become infertile due to the vaccine, well, this is why we're seeing, again, these replacement migration uh populations who didn't listen into this bullcrap uh, and didn't get vaccinated literally be imported to different countries, both in Western nations and, you know, all over the world, except in China, <laughs> where one of the most racially homogenous people in the world, um, where they actually have a over, overpopulation problem and they're trying to kill off their, pop, their, their people. But uh, let me go ahead and get into this. Again, this is from Michael Snyder. They put this up December 18th. He says that birth rates have plummeted to record lows all over the industrialized world. And this has a very serious implications for our future. If something is not done to reverse this, native populations will fall very rapidly in wealthy countries during the years ahead. And there won't be enough, nearly enough young workers to support the entitlement programs that the elderly are counting on. Meanwhile, nations where, where birth rates are still above replacement level, such as in the Islamic world, will become more powerful and will play a more dominant role in world affairs. Despite all of our advanced technology, population numbers still matter, and we are really facing a demographic collapse of epic proportions. Let me pause right there. That right there, just that simple statement, the fact that birth rates within the Islamic world still maintain replacement level is why Christians will be replaced. If Christians don't, as the Bible says, go forth and have more children, go forth and multiple multiply, be fruitful and multiply, right? They will be replaced by Islamic people. But we don't see this taking place over here in America. We don't really see the Christian ethos and ideology and religion being embraced. If anything, we see it being replaced. We, and this is something I freaked out about last, last week, how we are being replaced by foreigners, people that hate us. And people that don't have our views. I'm a Southern Baptist Christian, man. I need to have more kids. I need to have more kids. I know this sounds crazy, but when I start talking about having more kids, you know, acting like I'm Genghis Khan, how my loins have enough juice in them to repopulate the entire planet, that's a fact. That is a fact, and that's what God does. 
but we're not doing that. We're not replacing ourselves. It has to go. You need 2.5 kids because <laughs> that's the joke. What's the 0.5 kid? Just have a third kid because you need to have one that replaces you and one that replaces your wife. And then the 0.5 is just, you know, the, 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 the extra on top. Uh, but this, this should be a joyful thing, right? Talking about life, talking about your family, talking about your lineage, talking about growth. We don't do that here. And so that's what, let me, let me, let me continue to read. Here in the United States, our birth rates have been below replacement level for many years. And now the average woman in the United States is only giving birth to about 1.6 children over the course of a lifetime. Our birth rate has already been cut in half and it is being projected that it will fall even more during the years that are in front of us. Many have pointed out that we will not be able to economically support our aging populations if this continues. Illegal immigration is the primary reason why the U.S. population has continued to rise, even though we aren't replacing ourselves. This year, we are seeing an enormous tsunami of people coming over the southern border each year, probably to replace everybody that's taken the shot. It is the same story over in Europe. Native populations are not replacing themselves, and immigrants are making up the difference. As of 2020, the average woman in Italy is, was only giving birth to 1.24 children over the course of a lifetime. The birth rate in Italy has continued to fall since then, and, sat, and on Saturday, Elon Musk publicly encouraged Italian women to start having more children. I think we actually have, we actually have that clip. Let's go ahead and just play, let, let's go ahead and move that. Ironically enough, we were going to play that over here at Modernity News. Uh, Elon Musk says that humanity will disappear if people don't start having more children. Um, saying, you know, Elon Musk has again sounded a, a warning about population decline, warning that humanity will disappear if people in the West don't start having more children. Musk made the comments during his appearance at the Atreyu in Rome earlier today. Um, the Tesla founder said that unless the birth rate was kept at a quote constant, then people would disappear. A birth rate which is keeping population constant, then uh, the, the, uh, people will, will, will disappear. Um, disappear, Mr. Musk, disappear. Disappear. We have a lot of immigration. Somebody says that immigration is important for that reason. What, what's your point on that? Immigration is is coming in Europe and is coming in America from the south of America and then Europe from the south of the Mediterranean Sea. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think one can't uh, depend on other countries for immigration. And in fact, if you look at, say, the, the population worldwide, um, and this is almost everywhere in the world, and it seems to be a function of how um, once a country industrializes, once a country urbanizes, the population uh, immediately starts to decline. Um, so, one could say, for example, um, like, like China could not possibly solve uh, its population with uh, immigration because if you, you know. Yeah, China's not going to do that. China's not going to play that game. But again, that, that's a good thing that we have Elon Musk talking about replacement migration, having more kids, why that's important. Uh, and again, with the double-edged sword that he is, he's also at the same time developing his new robots. Uh, so while he's saying, hey, have more kids, he also knows that ultimately uh, we have hit a, a tipping point. Moving forward, over 13,000 illegals caught entering the U.S. in just one day. 
says that the Biden administration's mass migration catastrophe continues to intensify with illegal entries at the U.S. border reaching historic levels. That's mostly just the headline. The headline. Uh, new Doctor Who actor admits that he lives in a, quote, very leftist liberal bubble, says the series is going to explore more woke themes. Now, I'm a huge fan of Doctor Who. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. This is another, like, culture war type thing uh, because I've been watching the return of David Tennant as a doctor on HBO. And I noticed some of the I noticed some of the propaganda. I noticed us being lectured how he was a uh, male presenting time lord. And, and David Tennant made a comment about that, about how something's wrong. You know, how, how he, <laughs> how he turned into an old person and now he's a woman. He knows that he knows that something's wrong, but what I think will be interesting, or at least what I hope is interesting that these guys do with the series is they lean into these dystopian thought processes that the left has and really kind of create like a world based around them. But it says that the newest actor to portray, portray Doctor Who has said that the next series of the sci-fi show will, quote, lean into very liberal leftist themes after already becoming uber woke. Actor Nick D. Gatwa told the Radio Times that there will be a future episode addressing the fact that the protagonist has race swapped into a black man. Quote, I live in a very leftist liberal bubble, Gatwa declared, adding that, quote, and in fact, there's a really great episode coming up next year where we lean into that. When asked if the episode will openly refer to the race swap, the actor said, quote, yes, definitely. It would be stupid if we didn't. Yeah, stupid to miss the opportunity to divert your signal to infinity. He continued saying that, quote, the doctor has always walked into the unknown situations and taken charge with authority, adding that, quote, historically, there's only really one demographic of people that, that, are, that are able to do that. And it's certainly not a woman. And it's certainly not someone that's black. So much more the message Social engineering is to come to the doctor, into Doctor Who. Let's let's look at it. Yes, we know. We know everything. Thanks. And you know nothing. It's a shame you're not a woman anymore. Because you're a bastard. We've got all that power. But there is a way to get rid of it. Something a male presenting Time Lord will never understand. Just let it go. And we choose to let it go. Anyway, yeah, just just more of the culture war type stuff. Uh, male presenting time lords, right? Even you, you, even your sci-fi is getting the programming. Uh, things like this. The trailer for the new movie declares that the most dangerous animal on the planet is white people, uh, and so you're seeing more of this, more of the programming. So the same way we're talking about the civil war, the civil unrest, the destabilization, they're also pushing the race war. I know you can feel their discomfort, Aaron. Watching you walk through a room full of white people was the most painful thing I've ever seen. Excuse me. Sorry. I don't want to take you to a job interview. There's a recruiting class starting right now, and we got to get you in it. Welcome to the American Society of Magical Negroes. I don't really understand. It's easier to shed. What's the most dangerous animal on the planet? Shark. White people, when they feel uncomfortable. White people feeling uncomfortable precedes a lot of bad stuff for us. That's why we fight white discomfort every day. Because the happier they are, the safer we are. 
Oh man, that's sad. You know, that's that's sad. And it's true. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm black myself. I understand. I get what they're saying. You know, I've, I've seen it. It's like, dang, you know, this, we got a smart one over here. This, this guy's pretty smart and he's funny. Wow, that's crazy. I actually like this guy and he's black. <laughs> I've experienced it myself. And, you know, it, it, is, it is a whole thing. But, you know, exacerbating racial relations in a time like this is not a good thing. For somebody like me, I find this hilarious. The American Society of Magical Negroes, for sure, that's something that I would watch and most likely enjoy. Um, but I don't want to, you know, I'm not a racist. Uh, not, but I think it's cool, you know, exploring these type of things with black folks. I don't know. I think the point I'm trying to make is don't be racist. This is stupid and extra. Uh, again, exacerbating race relations in a time of high tensions is definitely not what we need. And clearly, we're not trying to placate white people or any of that type of stuff, but just don't be racist. Uh, horrifying street takeover in Colorado results in SV, SUV rolling over and crushing five people. And again, have released dash cam footage of a street takeover where fireworks have launched at officers and bystanders. Just after one Saturday morning, vehicles and people blocked Pershing Drive. Officers say cars performed stunts in the street and fireworks were repeatedly thrown at people and police cruisers. Derby police say they're trying to identify the people involved in the street takeover. They believe the group is responsible for other street takeovers in Milford and West Haven. What have I been saying? Flash mobs, street takeovers, flash armies. 86% of Gen Z kids suffer from, get this, menu anxiety. So men, guess what? Husbands, it's not you're not the only one. Boys. Whenever you ask your ladies, like, hey, what do you want for dinner? And they're like, I don't know. You know, just, just order something. I just make something. You're not the only one. 86% of Gen Z kids suffer from menu anxiety, meaning that they're too scared to order food at a restaurant. One third can't even talk to the waiter when they order. That's sad. That's sad. 86% of Gen Z is just like socially awkward and that's sad. Shows you what the pandemic has done and shows you what social media has done, what these pod people are. And, you know, I never understood pod people, but I think that's something I'm for sure going to explore more going into the future. How while we do, and this is the whole premise behind the Building the Matrix series that we did, making the external world so crazy that we are forced into this matrix metaverse that they're creating. And so that's part of the pod people thought process. People just consuming so much of this stuff, not really being engaged with the real world that when the real world comes to, you know, interact with them, they're not quite sure what to do. And then when you talk about muzzling people and, you know, TikTok AI trends and stuff like this, it's pretty crazy. This is, this is, this is a normal social interactions being hijacked by technology and disrupted. Moving forward, uh, experts warn that the next crisis for America will be a pandemic of inactivity. And now what does that mean? What does that mean? What, are they saying that they're going to lock us down again? Are they going to say that we don't have jobs? Like, what, 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 what's going to go on with this? COVID-19 is the only pandemic Americans should be concerned about. Researchers from the, United, from the University of Illinois, Chicago, are calling the growing physical inactivity pandemic a, quote, crisis for the United States. The findings of the current investigation indicate a crisis within a crisis with respect to a physical inactivity pandemic in the U.S., says Dr. Ross Arena from UIC's Department of Physical Therapy and founder for the Living Healthy Living for Pandemic Event Protection. 
network. Quote, on a national level, physical activity is unacceptably low and has not appreciably improved over the past decade, while high levels of social vulnerability and physical activity are concentrated in specific geographic regions. This study uniquely investigates the correlation between social vulnerability and physical activity, utilizing county-level data on physical activity or physical inactivity prevalence and social vulnerability index. It considers the impact of regional cultures in the U.S. as defined by the American nations model. Nations model. So basically, what they're saying is people are lazy. People are lazy as shit. And they're not doing anything. <laughs> people are lazy. They're uninspired. They're unmotivated, and they're bored. And that is not what they need to be doing. If you're bored, you're not paying attention. Like you got to think about how I started the show saying, look, I'm trying to do this over here. I'm trying to get all this started over here. We need to start trying to hire people. We need to start trying to build. We need to. We, I am not bored. I am not lazy. I am not inactive. I, we have so much stuff to do that it is like bow in my mind. We've got stuff to do here in the real world. We have stuff to do here digitally. We have stuff to do globally. Pandemic of inactivity. People are oh, people are lazy, bro. That's that's what I'm saying. People are lazy. They don't care. They're 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 doing AI TikTok dances or playing video games or catching up with the football. I'm trying to tell you, like the like, like the, the rude awakening that awaits a fair amount of people is intense. And some people don't want to wake up to this this dystopian world. Everything I'm talking about, sterilization. They'll think it's a good thing by the time they 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 they, they wake up to it. Ah, just a pandemic of inactivity. Imagine that. Imagine that. Here's that article we were talking about earlier during the news blitz. 4,500 Walmarts now offer buy now, pay later loans for basic items at self-checkout kiosks. We buy, George Carlin once said, we buy stuff we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Buy now, pay later loans surged in popularity during Black Friday and Cyber Monday in late November. As Christmas is less than a week away, Walmart shoppers have been greeted with a new BNPL payment at a checkout line. The increased use of BNPL is incredibly problematic for consumers with insurmountable credit card debt and depleted savings. A firm holdings announced Tuesday that its BNPL service has been expanded to self-checkout kiosks at 45 Walmart's stores nationwide. Customers can purchase electronics, apparels, toys, and many more items except groceries by spending payments, by spreading payments out for three months to 24 months. That's crazy, bro. You can buy everything other than groceries. It's like reverse EBT. <laughs> it's like reverse EBT. And so they're just trying to figure out ways to give you to get you in more debt, to keep you under stuff. And so you, you, you see how I'm saying I need to tr- I need to trim and streamline everything. We need to be running so thin. We <laughs> we need to be looking as healthy as an Olympic vegan athlete. Okay, <laughs> we need to have things so thin that we are as healthy as an Olympic vegan athlete. And I'm telling you, that's thin. And I'm willing to run things that thin because this is that we we need to be thin, flexible, and adaptable. But if you are doing buy now, pay later stuff, and you are just buying things that you don't need because you're stuck in this American bubble of like consumerism, you're not paying attention. This is the time to switch up your spending habits. 
this is the time to say, hey, I, I'm, I'm not doing it. Don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm switching up my investments. I'm not buying a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation 5, buying a fucking generator. No, I'm not buying a freaking the latest gosh darn game. I'm buying some storable foods, three months supply. No, I'm not buying another pair of effing Jordans or some Nikes. Gosh darn it. I'm buying me some gold and silver. Like switch up, <laughs> switch up your, your, your thought process. Don't go to don't shop at McDonald's. Don't shop at Walmart. Don't shop at these places. And this is me shouting at you guys saying, hey, it is that serious. You need to break the cycle. Ain't nobody going to tell you this. They're going to tell you how to be a slave. I'm trying to free you. Trying to free you. Look at this. Biden's America. Homelessness in the United States hits historic high. Remember this, what I was talking about. I've been talking about this, man. Remember? How during COVID... People being declared non-essential is not a good thing, not only for their psyche, but their bank account. A lot of the homeless people that we see now, they had the Netflix. They had the, 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 the Grubhub. They had the YouTube. They had it all. And then they got declared non-essential. And then they tried to do remote work, and that didn't work. They got let off. And so we have a whole new class of homelessness here in America. Whole new class, people with PhDs. Same because they can't go to work in places like McDonald's, they're being replaced. That's what's so crazy about just the the economy and the way the world is up right now. And so when I say, Oh, I'm I'm running this thing super thin, this is not something you do because you're making money. This is something you do because you're passionate about it, you're trying to analyze, provide information. And break down what's going on. Let me read this. I mean, it's it's more of what you know, but it's 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 just confirmation. It says in addition to the record number of illegal border crossers that have come into America over the last few years, Biden can now take credit for another historic first. Homelessness is now rampant. Is now more rampant than it has been since the government started keeping track. This is a multifaceted issue. The economy plays a role, but so do mental health drug abuse, and lack of new housing. Remember when all the Democrat activists in the media spent the entire 2020 election talking about how Biden has so much empathy? Take a bow, media bootlickers. PJ Media reports that another crisis that uh, that Joe Biden has been pretending doesn't exist is the homelessness crisis. The number of, quote, unhoused people to use the newfangled term for homeless people so we don't hurt their feelings or something has increased 12% just in the last year. Numbers rose across, quote, all household types, the Department of Housing and Urban, Urban Development said in a new report reported by Axios. About 650 people experienced homelessness on a single night in January, according to the report. That figure, quote, represents the highest number of people reported as experienced homelessness on a single night since reporting began in 2007. Other findings report that Black people made up 13% of the U.S. population in 2023, but they made up 21% of the U.S. population living in poverty, 37% of all people experiencing homelessness, and 50% of homeless people in their families with children. Asian and American Asian American people had the largest percentage increase in homelessness, up by 40% from 2020, a total of 11,574. Hispanic and Latino people saw the largest numerical increase, up 28% from 2022 to 
179,336 in 2023. Yeah, so we're we're being replaced. This is this is this is the this is the austerity measures. These are austerity measures. This is just the slum cities. This is just bringing America down to a third world nation status. And this is what we talk about, unfortunately, all too much on the show, just the economic status, how we're watching week by week the American dream ripped from us and how it's just being displaced with this globalist America, this globalist vision, this dystopian globalist vision. Alleged fentanyl trafficker arrested in Blue City for the second time in one week. This is mostly just a headline, honestly. It's just to kind of show you uh, the, the revolving door of the justice system. Where is this? What, what, what Portland, Oregon? Yeah. See, over here in Albuquerque, we have the same type of thing, man. Revolving door. Homie will go into jail and then get out. Like, go into jail one day, get out the next day, and then, like, be back in by the by the end of the week. This is unfortunately not... A new thing, but it's just showing you how they're letting the criminals out, you know, people off their meds, you know, they just, they, 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 just lawlessness, you know, lawlessness. And, 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 and fentanyl's not a joke, man. That stuff is super potent. That stuff can kill you. That's why all the people that are mixing fentanyl with all their drugs and stuff are dying. That's why that, again, that's why China's like, heck yeah, let's send these Americans their fentanyl. These guys love their drugs. And then they do that, they do that fentanyl and boom, you're dead. That's a very serious situation. Uh, man who crashed into Biden's motorcade identified and hit with multiple charges. Who is this American hero? Says James Cooper, a 46-year-old man, was charged with DUI after crashing into his crashing his car in a President Joe Biden's motorcade in Wilmington, Delaware, as Biden was leaving dinner last night. That's why. Mr. President, why are you losing to Trump in the polls? That's crazy. That's crazy. They uh, they got guns drawn. You heard people putting rounds in the chamber, going clip clack. That's crazy. Really, it was accidental, not intentional, but that lets you know how ready everybody else was. These weren't just like sheriffs. These weren't just sheriffs. A secret service. He had people full on, in, full on kits. Almost like they know something's coming. Almost like they know something's coming. This means cyber war. Chinese hackers target critical U.S. infrastructure. This is another just headline. Remember in Geneva, Switzerland, remember whenever, like a couple of years ago, Biden gave that list to Putin and said it's like 16 U.S. critical infrastructure 
targets. He's like, huh, I sure hope you don't hit this. Sure hope you don't come after like our key critical U.S. infrastructure. And now we're hearing all this talk about how the Russians, along with Trump supporters, are going to come after the power supply. What? That doesn't make any sense. And now we're hearing that the Chinese hackers are targeting critical U.S. infrastructure. So that's what I'm saying. They're telegraphing the power outages. Shutting the power off. Civil war. Destabilization. Again, that's just the headline. Just something to think about. Chinese military is developing thought control weapons. And we've talked about this as well. How China is deploying AI on us. China's just doing it all, bro. China's just they're, they're just going after it. China's a whole separate beast. Even Russia does not trust China. China's playing the long game. China's, China's laughing at us whenever they are literally sending migrants over here with our money. Sending migrants. Think about this. Because they know our dollar is worthless. They're just buying invaders with a worthless token or, I mean, a worthless dollar and then sending them here. And then what happens when that money runs out? What happens when that money is worthless? Well, we'll just have a whole bunch of angry invaders. <laughs> Let me read a little bit of this. It says that China's military is developing advanced psychological warfare and brain-influencing weapons as sort of a new war-fighting strategy, according to the report on the People's Liberation Army Cognitive Warfare. The report, quote, Warfare in Cognitive Age, Neurostrike and the PLA's Advanced Psychological Weapons and Tactics was published earlier this month by the CCP BioThreats Initiative, a research group. Quote, the PLA is at the forefront of incorporating advanced technologies such as artificial intelligence, brain-computer interfaces, and novel biological weapons into its military strategies, the think tanks, the think tanks analysts conduct, uh, concluded. I'll say this real quick. China can't do nothing. China is a thief. Everything China has, China stole. China doesn't build. China takes. China steals. China replicates. And so if it has thought control weapons, it probably only got it from us. Which means, you know we do. You know we do. But the fact that this type of technology, this asymmetrical warfare technology, this fifth generation technology, this advanced technology is being given to our adversaries, is not good. Remember, I just played for you guys a clip of somebody walking inside of like a Ukrainian city council meeting and just dropping grenades. Imagine mind control weaponry from people like our adversaries over there in China. And when I'm playing for you just clip after clip after clip of people coming across from the southern border. Just just I'm, just a Manchurian candidate, remote mind control, MK Ultra, you know, assailants, man. And it sounds crazy. I know it does. But truth is stranger than fiction. Boom. Judge orders dozens of Jeffrey Epstein's high-profile associates to be revealed in the next 14 days. Several names linked to Epstein are already emerging, with Bill Clinton, will Bill Clinton and Bill Gates be mentioned. This is an article over here of, on Vigilant News. I put this up December 19th. But apparently it's been written by Jim Hoft of the Gateway Pundit. Says that the Gateway Pundit's legal counsel provided us with this statement on Monday's development in the Epstein case. Says on December 18th, 2023, Judge Loretta Presca of the Federal Court for the Southern District of New York 
issued an order unsealing a large amount of documents relating to 187 John Doe's. The identity of the Doe's, all individuals who are somehow related to the Goffrey case, has been kept under seal by the court for years. For the past three years, various litigants, including the Gateway Pundit and other press, have fought hard to unseal documents related to the Doe's. The documents are widely anticipated to shed some light on individuals spending time with Jeffrey Epstein and perhaps traveling to his infamous island, which we learn. side note, which we learned that RFK Jr. was on. We, we, we recently learned that. Uh, while it seems like the public will now finally be able to see at least a portion of the records, the public may yet be set for another frustration. Judge Preska froze her order from becoming effective for two weeks to permit lawyers for the anonymous does to file objections to the unsealing of the records. The case is Virginia Gofrey versus Gisland Maxwell. Dozens of Jeffrey Epstein's high-profile associates are in for a New Year's surprise as they will be named in court documents set to be released in the, four, in the first days of 2024. But the Daily Mail has already apparently identified the names of multiple individuals connected to Epstein. Doe 24 is identified directly by name. This is Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz, who previously called for all material related to him to be made public. Dershowitz is the only John Doe identified by name at this point. As our readers may recall, in July of 2022, the Gateway Pundit lawyers Mark Randaza and Jay Woolman of the Randaza Legal Group, along with the GP General Counsel John Burns, filed a motion to intervene in the Jeffrey Maxwell case in the United States Court for the Southern District of New York. In, a, in August of 2022, the federal judge overseeing the case denied Gateway Pundit's efforts to unseal the documents. However, Gateway Pundit filed an appeal to the federal Second Court Second Circuit Court of Appeals demanding that the GP and the public be allowed to access Epstein's sex client list. On February 27th, a John Doe interested party, a person whose identity has been sealed by the court because of their affiliation with Epstein, filed a brief opposing Gateway Pundit's appeal and asking the Court of Appeals to deny the brief. The quote, John Doe's arguments are extremely lame. Quote, Joe merely argues that Gateway Pundit waited too long to request the arguments. According to quote, Doe, GP, and the public have no interest in this Epstein sex client list now because too much time has transpired. But now this. On Monday, the judge in the case has ordered a vast unsealing of Epstein's client list to take place within the 14 days. Uh, Daily Mail, I'll read this a little bit and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. So, uh, the Daily Mail reported that Judge Loretta Preska wrote that the unsealed in full next to the names of 177 does who are Epstein's friends, recruiters, victims, and others whose names will be revealed when the material is released within the coming weeks. The material is related to, the, to a defamation case brought by Prince Andrew's accuser, Virginia Roberts, in New York against Epstein's madam, Ghislaine uh, Maxwell. Roberts sued Maxwell for defamation in 2016, and while the public was settled, media outlets filled in order, filed in order to have the documents made public. Some of the does are identified Blah, 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 blah. I, I think I actually have like a list of names. There's like a, a list over there on Twitter. I'll, I'll, I'll read some of this. But here is Russell Brand. I actually don't trust this man. I know he's being presented to us like he's like an alt-right or like a, a true seeker type, but I just don't trust this guy. But here he is talking about Jeffrey Epstein's client list. You're going to watch Stay Free tonight with Russell Brand, aren't you, live on Rumble? Why? Because 170 of Jeffrey Epstein's high-profile associates will be named in a court document. Plus, Assange is getting a hearing. Do you think this is a moment of optimism 
in the radical movement? Is the establishment quaking? Is it possible that we could have Julian Assange freed and Epstein's list named? And I don't think Jeffrey Epstein coming back up in a minute. I think it's over for that guy. Watch us on Stay Free with Russell Brand at this time in your principality. Until then, stay free. There you have it. There you have it. You know, uh, let me see. Let me see real quick. I think I got it over here. Go to my likes. Here we go. Here's a little news clip. Oof. Let me go down here and play it. No limits. Damn the consequences. He acted as if he could have anything he craved. But what he desired most was sex with young women and girls. For years, he abused them at will. And such were the numbers of victims Epstein exploited, he started trading them around the world. He masterminded a sex trafficking ring which enabled his rich and influential friends and associates to share in his perversion. Remarkably, those accused of complicity in this scandal include His Royal Highness Prince Andrew. Tonight, you'll hear shocking stories from very brave women demanding justice. Among them, Virginia Roberts Jufre, who stumbled into a dark and insidious world she had no power to escape until she found sanctuary in Australia. I'm going to go ahead and pause right there and just read through some of this list, wrap this segment up. Uh, I've been just going through kind of highlighting some of the well-known people. Uh, you've got Akon, Al Gore, Alec Baldwin, or Ali Baldwin, Alison Mack, who's been in jail or been in courts uh, regarding some of this stuff. Anderson Cooper, Angelina Jolie, Anthony Weiner, Ben, Barack Obama, Ben Affleck, Bernie Sanders, Beyonce, Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, Bob Saget, Bruce Willis, Celine Dion, Charles Barkley, Char- Charlie Sheen, Charlize Theron, uh, Cher, Chris Tucker, Chrissy Teigen, Courtney Love, Demi Moore, uh, David Spade, oof, Ed Buck, Who's, we, we've seen some pretty crazy stuff come out about him as well. Uh, drugging, drugging people and like taking their blood, really sketchy stuff. Ellen DeGeneres, Ellen Spencer, Eminem, right? Eminem was on it. Uh, George Clooney, Ghislaine Maxwell, Gwen Stefani, Heidi Klum, Hillary Clinton, James Franco, James Gunn, Jay-Z. We know Jay-Z was there. He has a pretty tight relationship with Marina Abramovich, that witch. Jimmy, Jim Carrey, Jimmy Kimmel, Joe Biden, ugh, John Podesta, John Legend, John, Tra- John Travolta, uh, Justin Trudeau. Wow, really? Kathy Griffin, Katy Perry, Kevin Spacey. We, we, we've heard a lot about that guy doing some sketchy, gross stuff. Uh, Kristen Gillibrand, Lady Gaga, disgusting. Uh, Madonna, Marina Abramovich, uh, Meryl Streep, Michelle Obama, Miley Cyrus, Oprah, Paris Hilton. Uh, Pharrell Williams, Prince Andrew, Prince Charles, Quentin Tarantino. Good gosh, and it keeps going on. Robert De Niro, Robert Downey Jr., Brianna, um, Seth Green, Sarah Silverman. Uh, Let's see. And Wanda Sykes, Whoopi Goldberg, and Tom Hanks. Steven Spielberg as well. Stephen Colbert, 
said a lot of those last ones kind of out of out of out of out of flow there guys but that just kind of shows you again like how vast this this cabal this network these 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 pedophiles shows you how vast it is the secret society and how it's coming to light we can only hope that it gets publication that it gets publicized and this information goes out there uh but but we but we know we know who these who these people are we know what they're up to and that's why we have to call them out uh, and that's why there's so much that goes with this the rabbit hole is deep and never ending truth truly is stranger than fiction but here's what's going to happen ladies and gentlemen we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to be talking about these reprobate citizens what's going on over here in america is trump an insurrectionist uh melania melania trump welcoming new citizens in through the nationalization ceremony uh joe biden and president trump exchanging blows as well as discussing what's going on with that whole ballot removal situation uh really kind of sinking my teeth into that we'll be talking about this gender-affirming care and how it will lead to mass sterilization, people swearing in on gay porn books, all this other crazy stuff, the reprobate citizens and more are on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. what's going on around you. You are in a state of war. 
and you have precious little time to save yourself. which we call active measures. The first stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. The next stage is crisis. With a violent change of power, structure and economy, period of normalization. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not. time bomb is ticking with every second the disaster is coming closer and closer the danger is real certainly supported an insurrection. No question about it. None. Zero. And uh, he seems to be doubling down on about everything. Anyway. And uh, he seems to be doubling down on everything. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And you just heard Brandon, the bozo, uh, Beijing Biden, you just heard Biden calling Trump an insurrectionist and acknowledging that indeed Trump is doubling down on his rhetoric and coming after Biden's throat. Uh, but yes, I don't think Trump's an insurrectionist. Did he support the insurrection? I think this is all all word salad. I think these are words that you guys are creating and that you're adding value to. Uh, and I think that you guys are learning how to be masterful propagandists, masterful Great A liars, uh, uh, straight arch criminals. And so, no, I think that he had a legitimate experience there. I think he was trying to have like an actual protest or a gathering. And uh, I mean, all the information coming out that there were nothing but feds there, that a fair amount of the people that were at that, that, that event were feds. And so that was just like the feds, you know, sock puppet fighting each other, you know, and then Trump being there in the middle being set up. And, you know, we, we see what's happening now. Uh, but this thing right here, this whole talking point of Trump being an insurrectionist is what led to him being removed from the ballot in Denver, Colorado. And that was just a signal that we have begun to see other states follow. Uh, but let's 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 stay on the Bidens one more time. This is something that popped up in our news feed as well. Uh, just last week, it was it was in the news blitz, but we didn't cover it. 
Jill Biden hired a radical dance troupe for a controversial White House Christmas video. Yeah, it was it was it was really weird. It's like a circus inside the White House, and I'm trying to figure out what the symbolism is behind that. But I think it's 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 pretty much obvious, you know, clown world, Beijing Biden, bozo Biden, uh, hiring this 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 dance troupe, people running around the White House dancing, acting all you know strange. Well, they're actually racists. And we go see this on their website. You can, you can go see this. Uh, but let's read this real quick. This is by James Michael from Valiant News. Uh, they put this up December 19th. It says the first lady, Dr. Jill Biden's 2023 White House Christmas video has ignited controversy and drawn criticism for various quarters. The video, which features a troupe of dancers moving through the house, moving through the festively adorned White House, has been dubbed, quote, bizarre and awkward by critics. The criticism intensified after reports emerged that the dance troupe featured in the video were Black Lives Matter activists who, prefer, who promote far left ideologies. The video or the re this revelation sparked a wave of backlash with many questioning the appropriateness of featuring politically charged figures in a traditionally nonpartisan holiday celebration. man has glitter on his face. I think I've had about enough. I think I've had about enough. And so this is this is what's going on. Okay, I actually like the music, but I think I've had enough of like the, the scanty dancing and whatnot. Um, in any other setting, like wow, in, in in any other setting, I think I probably would appreciate it, but I don't think that this is something appropriate coming from the White House in a time like what we're in. So call me crazy, but I don't think that's what we're needed. What's needed in a time of inflation or uncertainty, you know, lingering disease from the COVID vaccine. 
But I think at the same time, it shows you, uh, you know, how much there's probably a whole lot of symbolism going on here. There's a whole lot going on here, but I think the main thing is just the clown world theme. This is where we are now. We are in the clown world. Um, and that's who's got a hold of the nuclear codes. Radiant Melania Trump welcomes new citizens and naturalization ceremony speech at National Archives saying, quote, becoming an American citizen comes with responsibility. On Friday, a, relate, a radiant Melania Trump welcomed 25 new American citizens during a naturalization ceremony speech at the National Archives. Melania became a citizen in 2006 and is the second is only the second foreign born, second foreign born first lady. U.S. archivist Colleen Shogan invited Ms. Trump to speak at the ceremony, according to CNN. A statement announcing the event shared said, quote, as a naturalized citizen herself, Ms. Trump looks forward to telling her story and being part of this momentous occasion for these new American citizens. And I think that might just be the best place to pick it up. But I think, you know, this this duality that I'm even showing you is what they're purposely trying to create, right? Uh, the Black Lives Matter stuff that's going on in the White House and then, you know, this right here. That's just perfect duality of, of what's going on. Let's see if we can move forward the ceremony we ask that all guests and media exit the rotunda to proceed to the reception there she is we won't play it all i'm sure it's long but i just want to get some of it on record again for this trump and congratulations to our new citizens morning. Thank you, Dr. Shogun, for your introduction and for your kind invitation to celebrate this incredible moment. Thank you, Judge Gunn, for leading the Oath of Alliance. MacArthur High School students, you are the future leaders, and knowing the meaningful words of our Constitution's preamble will empower you in the the next chapters of your life. It is my privilege to share this great nation, America, with you. Throughout our lives, we cross thresholds and all thought. Obstacles often stand in the way of our goals. We persevere as we understand that conquering them will provide great access to personal development, fulfillment, and even eventually self-exaltation. For me, reaching the milestone of American citizenship marked the sunrise of certainty. At that exact moment, I forever discarded the layer of burden connected with whether I would be able to live in the United States. I hope you're blanketed with similar feelings of comfort right now. Finally, I could plan all of the aspects of my life. I recall feeling a tremendous sense of pride and belonging after I recited the United States Oath of Alliance 
as the pathway to citizenship is arduous. I was born and raised in the picturesque country of Slovenia, where my parents taught me the importance of a strong work ethic and pursuing my dreams. The values they installed in me at an early age inspired my fashion and modeling career and brought me to the beautiful cities of Paris and Milan. Okay. While working internationally had its share of rules and regulations, it wasn't until I moved to New York City in 1996 that okay. the system truly tested my determination. Okay, I think I just wanted to get that kind of on record that she's speaking to new, uh, new, newer Americans, and that's what this is all about. That's the naturalization process. That's the immigration process. That's that's what it's all about. You know, and then just because you don't pass the test doesn't mean that you get kicked out of the country. You just have to do it again. And, I, and and that's why we have this whole system. But we see the system being overwhelmed. Maybe I should have played this during the the, the segment with uh, the border invasion. But, you know, that's just, again, part of the duality that's going on. There is an actual process. There is a law and order. But what we're seeing right now being promoted by the current White House that's literally having circuses inside of the White House is just lawlessness, is just chaos, is the overthrow of logic, order, common sense, reason, and so much more. And that and, and that's why they know what they're doing. That's, again, what it is. It's all about that duality. Uh, so good on you, Melania Trump. Again, I just wanted to get that on record. Let's continue on. Here's Donald Trump saying that Joe Biden is a threat to democracy. Crooked Joe Biden and the far left lunatics are desperate to stop us by any means necessary. They are willing to violate the U.S. constitutions at levels never seen before in order to win this election. Joe Biden is a threat to democracy. It's a threat. They're weaponizing law enforcement for high-level election interference because we're beating them so badly in the polls. And he's right. Uh, he's right. They are destroying the... This is what I was saying beforehand at the start of the show. They're destroying this system. By, by, by removing Trump from the ballot, they are destroying the system. They're not allowing people to vote with their dollars, vote with their lifestyle, or even vote. They're not giving the people what they want, and they're coming after their opposition. That's classic dictatorial authoritarian behavior. And it's not going to stop there in Colorado. See, look, now California's lieutenant governor wants to remove Trump from the ballot. This is by Cardinal Pritchard of Not the Bee. They put this up December 20th. So I know what you're thinking. It's California. Who cares? Well, liberals do. This is extremely important to them. And if they can get the Republican frontrunner off the ballot, democracy will be saved. This is a California Governor Eleni Kuanalakis calls on the California Secretary of State to explore the explore every legal option, explore every legal option to remove former President Donald Trump from California's 2024 presidential primary ballot. So there you have it. Just get him out of there. Get him out of there. Don't give the people what they want. It's not like. It's, it's not like we're a country that respects your rights and your voice, your, your, your votes and your voice. And, and, and we always, we've always known that it was, you know, us, you're selected, not elected. But this is them literally creating that system by removing our options. See? 
says Ramaswamy pledges to withdraw from Colorado GOP presidential primary if Trump isn't allowed on the ballot. An article by Alex Nixberg of the Blaze Media, they put this up December 19th, says Republican presidential primary candidate Vivek Ramaswamy announced that he plans to withdraw from the, Cal- from the Colorado GOP primary unless presidential unless former President Donald Trump is permitted to be included in the primary ballot. Quote, this is what an actual attack on democracy looks like. In an un-American, unconstitutional, and unprecedented decision, a cabal of Democrat judges are barring Trump from the ballot in Colorado. Having tried every trick in the book to eliminate President Trump from running in this election, the bipartisan establishment is now deploying a new tactic to bar him from ever holding office again, the 14th Amendment. I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary unless Trump is allowed to be on the state's ballot, and I demand that Ron Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, and Nikki Haley to do the same immediately, or else they are tacitly endorsing this illegal maneuver, which will have disastrous consequences for our country. He wrote, I, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, you're, we're, we're literally saying you can't have that man. You want to you elect him? You can't have him. So say in the future we get somebody we actually like who's doing well in the polls, even if you're you know, still trying to believe in the law and order type system. We, we like him. He's a man of the people. They, by doing this, set the president to remove that person from the ballot to where we are forced to. To, 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 to choose the people that they provide us. And again, I know this is this is this is all when you get into it from like the Illuminati conspiratorial globalist new world order aspect, we all know they're selected, but this is them literally removing the illusion of freedom, the illusion of choice. Ramaswamy made the made the announcement in response to the news that the Colorado Supreme Court had declared that Trump's name should not be included on the 2024 presidential primary ballots. Quote, accordingly, we conclude the president that because President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under Section 3, it would be a wrongful act under the election code for the secretary to list President Trump as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot. Therefore, the secretary may not list President Trump's name on the 2024 presidential primary ballot, nor may she count any write-in votes cast for him. And so what's crazy is they're, they're, they're stopping him before he's even getting started. And... That's only going to enrage the right. And this is going to create the precedent for unrest. Attacks at election facilities, attacks at federal buildings, attacks at, at, at schools, attack at you know places of businesses. Right? This is a dangerous thing that they're doing. And like, like they got caught cheating. They got caught cheating. And they're going to do it again. This is them openly stealing. This is very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. El Salvador leader blasts America's lack of democracy after Trump removed from the Colorado ballot. An article by Frank Bergman of Slate News. They put this up December 20th, and this is what we were talking about beforehand during the news blitz. This is them basically saying, hey, we're a banana republic. Hey, we don't believe in democracy. Hey, your your system is broken. El Salvador President Nayib Bukele has issued a fiery response to the Democrat-controlled Colorado Supreme Court's decision to remove President Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot. As Slay News reported, the Democrat-appointed justices on Colorado's highest court cited false claims about Trump related to January 6th. 
says that the court claims that the 45th president is disqualified because he allegedly engaged in a, quote, insurrection by stoking the protests at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Let me see real quick. See something real quick. Sorry, I had to see something real quick, my bad. Uh, however, there was no, quote, insurrection at the Capitol and claims that Trump, quote, incited a riot that day have been widely debunked. The Democrats and their corporate media allies have repeatedly, have repeatedly pushed the narrative due to the clause in the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution that prevents anyone who engaged in an insurrection for running from president. And so this is why we hear them talking about Oh, did, did he engage in an insurrection? Is he an insurrectionist? You know, uh, th- this is it. This is why we hear that word being talked about. This is this is their in-run game. Trump's enemies are hoping to block him from running in 2024 by touting the false, quote, insurrection claims to invoke the 14th Amendment. In a post on X, Bukele weighed in on the issue and blasted the idea of, quote, democracy in America. Bukele, a focal supporter of Trump in the past, slammed the justice system in the U.S. that is being weaponized by the left to undermine the republic. Bukele's post, which has been seen almost 500 million times by Wednesday morning, was touted by many conservatives on social media. Quote, exactly right, America First Legal posted on X. Quote, which is one of the many reasons why we must all collectively fight to see that it is overturned. This cannot stand. And here it says that uh, Nayib Bukele said that uh, the U.S. has lost its ability to lecture anyone or any other country about democracy. Because he's right. Uh, America has a history of literally like going in, disturbing people's, like disrupting people's normal flow of, of political structures and just installing their own people. And it, it's just, it's, it's lawlessness by any other name. It is a lawlessness by truly any other name. And it's, it's, it will be interesting. You know, I can't really say for sure what, what, what will happen if Trump will get elected, if they'll let him get in the office, uh, will he oversee the collapse? Will Biden make it? Will they try to shoehorn in at the very last second, Michelle Obama and Gavin Newsom? You know, this is, this, these are all things that are in the cards. Uh, we are truly in crazy days. 70-year-old Hulk Hogan gets baptized, saying it's the greatest day of my life. American wrestler Hulk Hogan announced on Instagram Wednesday that he had been baptized in a special ceremony at the Indian Rocks Baptist Church in Florida. Quote, total surrender and dedication to Jesus is the greatest day of my life. The 70-year-old posted to Instagram along with footage of the baptism. No worries, no hate, no judgment, only love. And uh, audio listeners, you guys can't see it, but sure enough, here he is getting baptized. Uh, that's it. Here he is uh, praying right after the baptism as well. Good for him. Hogan's wife. Sky Daly Hogan also took part in the baptism, which involved fully submerging themselves in a large body of water. Video footage shows Hogan and his wife, both in white, smiling as they are dipped into the water. Hogan also wore his trademark bandana in white, along with a silver cross or cro- a silver cross necklace for the occasion. Quote, God is doing amazing things at Indian Rocks, the church wrote on its Instagram account. The professional wrestler has spoken pub- publicly about his Christian beliefs in the past. 
Quote, I accepted Christ as my savior at 14 years old and the training, prayers, and vitamins kept me in the game. But now that I am one with God, the main event theme of surrender, service, and love makes me the makes me the real main event that can slam any giant of any size through the power of my Lord and Savior. And so it is, even now, brother. Amen. <laughs> Good job, Hoke. Amen, brother. Praise God, brother. Praise God. That's right. And I hope we see I hope we see more of that. I hope we see more of that type of stuff. More people coming to Christ. More people waking up. More people choosing Jesus. More people saying, enough of this. I'm done. Amen, brother. Amen. Prominent transgender activist Kendall Stevens arrested for raping two minors in Philadelphia. Another article from Vigilant News Network. They put this up December 19th. Says Philadelphia has been struck by alarming news as a well-known transgender activist was taken into custody on charges of sexual assault against minors. Of course. Of course they were. All of these people are. All of these degenerate perverts are rapists. That's why they get mad when you, quote, dead name them, when you call them who they are, because they are so gone that they don't want to be reminded of the laws, of the order, of the natural flow of things. They're degenerate. The city of brotherly love has been struck by alarming news as Kendall Stevens, a well-known LGBTQ plus 4578 activist, was taken into custody on charges of sexual assault against minors. Stevens, 37, who urged for more inclusive hate crime legislation within the city, faces serious allegations involving two young boys under the age of 13. Stevens gained wider recognition following an attack in her Point Breeze neighborhood, which she reported as being in a targeted violence because she is a, quote, transgender woman. Stevens is the same woman who survived a brutal hate crime in her Point Breeze home on August 24th, 2020, in which her attacker, Tymesha Waring, pleaded guilty to aggravated assault and conspiracy. Let's go ahead and just watch the news clip. I mean, it's just, it's, it's more of the same. You know, it's, it's stuff that you would expect. Uh, you know, this is what happens when you let these type of people around kids. Now the details here. A Philadelphia transgender activist identified as Kendall Stevens is now charged with sexually assaulting two children under the age of 13. Action News reporter Annie McCormick, she's live for us outside police headquarters with the new details we're learning about this, Annie. Yeah, Gray and Shari, disturbing details. Kendall Stevens was arrested today for the rape of a minor. Sources confirmed that she is the same Stevens who is a prominent LGBTQ activist in the city. The state attorney general's office filed charges tonight against 37-year-old Kendall Stevens. The charges include the indecent assault against a person less than 13 years old, rape, unlawful contact with minor sexual offenses, and endangering the welfare of children, parent, or guardian. Stevens came to Action News in August of 2020 after she was attacked in her Point Breeze neighborhood. She says she was targeted by a violent group for being a trans woman. 
Stevens then became a prominent activist for the LGBTQ community. She urged lawmakers to change Pennsylvania's hate crime statute to include protections for LGBTQ people. She is seen here in March of 2021 at a press conference launching District Attorney Larry Krasner's LGBTQ Plus Advisory Board. The board was created in part to be a source of information and resources for victims and survivors of crime within the community. It means to me that the transgender population will finally get the support that we need from city officials that we really haven't gotten historically. Sources tell Action News the charges are in relation to the rape of two young boys under the age of 13. Stevens remains in custody tonight. A spokesperson for the district attorney's office said in a statement, the investigation of allegations against her is being led by another agency. And as such, we have no comment. Now, Judge did set bail at $250,000. The next court appearance is scheduled for December 29th. Often, the state attorney general's office takes on cases from local district attorney's offices if there's a conflict. For now, reporting live outside of Philadelphia Police Headquarters, Annie McCormick for Action News at 10 on PHL 17. Gray and Shari. Yeah, Annie, thank you. A story that we will stay on. Yeah, I appreciate you, Annie. Appreciate you, Andy. You know, what, what's crazy, I'm thinking to myself, like, as we're playing this clip, right? That's a man. That's a man. That's a man acting as a woman. That's a man right there. That's just a man trying to sound like a woman and saying, well, I'm a woman. You need to respect. That's a man, bro. That's a man over there playing games. <laughs> and so this man got caught raping kids. Oh, oh, and they're an activist. Let me have access to your kids. You know, we, we, we should always try to let the kids do, do strange things. That's a man over there. That's a pedophile. That's a strange man acting as a woman trying to get access to kids. And you're surprised that he did what he did. That's like letting a snake bite you. And you're like, what? why did the snake bite me? Because it's a snake. And I bet these people that ran up on this 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 woman. This rapist, this pedophile, this pervert probably did things to people that those people loved. So this is like, this is what's crazy. This is just the upside down world we live in, man. The upside down world we live in. You got a man over here pretending to be a woman acting silly like this on national television. Come on now. Psychiatrist from Gender Clinic warns that gender-affirming care will lead to mass sterilization. An article by Darlene McCormick of the Epoch Times, but the good folks over here at Signs of Time picked it up December 16th, says that Dr. Az Hakim likens affirmation of gender dysphoria to grooming with the goal of, quote, transitioning children to a new gender identity. A London psychiatrist who spent 12 years working with children at the United Kingdom government-funded Tavistock Gender Clinic is warning that, quote, transitioning patients to a new gender identity isn't the answer to gender dysphoria. I would agree, sir. I would agree. <laughs> uh, countries embracing gender-affirming care risk needless mass sterilization, Dr. As Hakim told the Epoch Times. He is the author of the new book, quote, D-Trans, when transition is not the solution. Let me let me let me highlight that. Countries embracing gender affirming risk mass sterilization. I think that's basically the summarization that we need to hear right there. Uh, and so that man pretending to be a woman 
Well, he couldn't sterilize himself earlier. But, you know, they for sure want to sterilize the kids that come next. And so whenever when we talk about vampires, how vampires can't breed because, you know, they're dead, but they grow in numbers by infecting other people with the vampirism, right? Uh, that's that's why they have, uh, what are they called? It's where people like pledge their, their loyalty. I forget what it's called, but it's something to that effect. These pedophiles and perverts and degenerates, these people that do this to other kids, well, they're vampiring the innocence from them and they're stealing it. And so then those people that get vampired, well, then they have to go vampire somebody else. They're doing what was done to them. And so when you start talking about gender affirming care, transitioning kids, adding uh, pharmaceuticals to all this type of stuff, that's very dangerous. Yeah. Countries embracing gender affirming care risk needless mass sterilization. And then they wonder why we're not having, you know, replacements enough, why people aren't having kids, why we're not seeing new families. But I bet you down there in places like Ecuador and Mexico, they're not doing this gender affirming care. Places like China, they're not doing this type of stuff. It's only Western nations that embrace this type of craziness that are sterilizing their kids. And how do they transition back? No one ever has this, this, this realization. And I shouldn't laugh because it is sad, but that shows you, like how, again, how cloud world and upside down things are. We shouldn't need articles and doctors to come out to say, stop sterilizing your kid. But that's where we are now in this world. I say, let me let me read a little bit of this and then we'll continue on because we have something that ties into this, the craziness of this on the other side. It says, quote, I say affirmation therapy is not therapy, it's grooming. It's grooming them to accept the idea that they were born in the wrong body, said Dr. Hakeem, a fellow of the Royal College of, Physici of, of Psychiatrists and honorary associate clinical professor at the University College London Medical School. He predicts in the next five to 10 years, society will see a massive of so-called detransitioners people who try to reverse steps they took in an attempt to medically change their gender. That's because of an expected 8,000-fold increase in patients undergoing procedures and taking medications meant to try to alter their gender. Quote, I'm critiquing the whole of gender ideology, he said. His book, he said, quote, debunks all the myths and dissects transgenderism. Good stuff. I might get that book just so I have stuff to refer to people. Good job, Dr. Hakeem. Uh, it sounds crazy. Bet you he's a Muslim too. Bet you he's a Muslim because Muslims don't practice that type of stuff. Christians shouldn't practice that type of stuff either. But guess what? Because we're so tolerant, we do. This guy's got the bravado and the gusto to tell people straight up, hey, stop sterilizing your future. I'm challenging all the myths. But over here, we're afraid of getting canceled. We're afraid of of a little censorship, don't you understand that you lean into that? You have to lean into that adversity. I'll, I'll talk about that in another time. Let's stay on this right here, this duality. Gender-affirming care, mass sterilization, Satanism, transgenderism, detransitioners. What the, the, the mind virus that has gripped an entire generation. This isn't healthy. This isn't a good thing. But think about what this is going to lead into the next five to 10 years. Been talking about it the whole time. Transgender, transhumans, genetic modification, 
people saying, you know what, I can't go back to being my regular gender and I don't want to be this gender. I'm going to be polygender or whatever the heck. And I'm going to be this over here. I'm going to cover, I'm going to create my own gender. And we already see this taking place. Absolutely insane. And there's no need to sterilize your kid or an entire generation. Because look at this. Look at this video. School officials are being sworn in on gay porn books rather than the Bible. The books include Gender Queer and Flamer, an article by Steve Watson from Modernity News. They put this up December 16th. It says two officials in different schools were recently sworn into their positions on LGBTQ P456788 books aimed at children rather than the Bible. Blue Virginia reports that Carl Frisch, new or now Democratic chair of the Fairfax County School Board, chose to be sworn in on a stack of books, including, quote, the perks of being a wallflower, lawn boy, all boys aren't blue, gender queer, and flamer. As we have previously highlighted, these specific books contain overtly sexual themes and pornographic imagery, but have been made available in schools to kids as young as six. The report notes that board members were allowed to bring whatever books they'd like to be sworn in on, and there were no mandates to use the Bible, and no Bible was provided. Frisch was quoted as saying, quote, Fairfax County residents want safe and inclusive schools with exceptional, well-compensated educators and equitable access to rigorous academic and enrichment opportunities. Every student needs to succeed. Sounds like a chat GPT statement, but it looks like there's a clip here of uh, the protector of pedophiles. Now we'll have the swearing-in of Carl Frisch, Providence Magisterial District. I, Carl D. Frisch, do solemnly swear, do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States, that I will support the Constitution of the United States, and the Constitution of the Commonwealth of Virginia, and the Constitution of the Commonwealth of Virginia, and I will faithfully and impartially, and I will faithfully and impartially discharge all the duties, discharge all the duties incumbent upon me as the Providence Magisterial District member, incumbent upon me as the Providence Magisterial District member to the Fairfax County School Board, to the Fairfax County School Board, according to the best of my ability, according to the best of my ability. Congratulations. Oh, my. What the? Good Lord. So, audio listeners, you know, praise God you didn't have to see that. There's a man kissing another man after literally, you know, swearing on a bunch of gay books. You know, like that's that's where we are now. Like it's not rude, it's not like homophobic. Like I just saw a man kiss another man after holding like after swearing on top of gay books, man. That's where we are. And it's not rude. It's it's saying, hey, I want to have kids. I don't want this guy to go steal somebody else's kids or impregnate somebody and steal that child. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Call me crazy. And they that's what I'm saying. They know what they're doing. They're putting satanic temp, uh, uh, statues out there at, at, at state capitals. They're saying, we're, 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 we're trying to get your kids. We're, we're, we're overturning your, 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 your constitution. We're infecting your household. Like this is, this is, this is just, it's too, it's, it's, it's too much. Personally, it's too much, but that's what they're doing. They're trying to overwhelm you so that by the time they get everything else in play, you're still caught up on what they did at step one. These are these are milit. I don't want to say militant homosexuals, right? They're not out here to try to rape you, but or are they? 
you know, you, you, these are these are pedophiles. These are these are these are cleverly these are pedophiles. And the sad part is, is you know, this was probably done to them. They got victimized. And now they're about to victimize others. They want fresh blood, and that's a sad thing. These are predators. Predators looking for new prey. No matter how you dissect it, it's it's wicked. It's wicked is what it is. Move on. As if it wasn't obvious enough. War on families. Federal home visiting program classifies parents who don't let young kids cross-dress as potentially abusive. This is going to be the final article for this segment. It comes from the Daily Caller. We put this up December 20th. is by Caitlin Richardson. It says that a federally funded, quote, home visiting program advises service providers to watch for signs of abuse against, quote, gender diverse children, citing parents who deny their young children the, quote, right to cross-dress as an example. A document shows the maternal, infant, and early childhood home visiting program is intended to combat abuse and neglect while promoting, quote, positive parenting and school readiness among, quote, pregnant people and families with young children who are at risk for, quote, poor maternal and child health outcomes, according to its website. The guidance offered to government workers who visit homes at the request of families categorizes steering a child away from, quote, gender expression that does not correspond with his or her biological sex as abuse. One document titled, quote, Parental Acceptance of Gender Expression in Young Children tells home visitors it is important for them to, quote, recognize and address the abuse and neglect that may result either directly or indirectly, from rejection of a child's gender expression. Quote, gender diverse children are frequently the targets of violence or harm by other children, caregivers, or family members, the document states. Abuse need not be, quote, overt, it explains, but can look like, quote, denying a child their right to play, dress, and act as they would like. Quote, home visitors are uniquely positioned to support family acceptance of children's gender expression, the document instructs. Home visiting, at its core, is dedicated to building strong parent-child bonds in all families. Acceptance of gender expression is key to to forging and maintaining these bonds. The document further claims that accepting a child's gender expression can, quote, protect against depression, suicidal thoughts, and suicidal attempts. However, studies have cast doubt on the idea that affirming a child's gender identity leads to better mental health outcomes. I'm in that category. Doctors have also expressed concerns that statistics about transgender suicide rates are not only inflated, but activists' frequent focus on the numbers may actually drive children with gender identity issues to suicide by creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, 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 a lot going on here. Heck, kind of stuff going on here, but the main thing I want to point out is the fact that they think it's perfectly all right to have home visiting programs. Home visiting programs home visiting programs because the government thinks that they know best for your family home visiting programs because the government thinks that you're a bad parent for not transitioning your child home visiting programs period that's an i get not really wellness checks that's that's a whole thing too wellness checks and now home visiting programs for kids hey we realized that little johnny little johnny wants to be little jenny and you're not letting him so we're going to kidnap little Johnny, send him to a pedophilic family, allow him to transition, and then become little Jenny, and you're never going to get Johnny back, literally and figuratively. And think about how evil, sick, and twisted that is. That's what this is, home visiting programs. What? Let's keep the government out of our homes. Let's keep the government out of our family. And that's why this is such a big deal. I'm serious. 
Kids are bombarded with this type of stuff day in, day out. And the problem is, is because we're not having classical family dinners, uh, traditional holidays where we're running back to our families. We're getting our history downloaded into us. We're sharing stories over, over dinner, over fire. We're being bombarded with this gay propaganda. So, of course, kids are going to think they're this type of way whenever they're not being told, hey, this is where you come from. This is who you are. But when you have government mandates and government propaganda that encourages this type of gender dysphoria, this weird shit, you're going to have problems. You're going to have kids that have mental issues. You're going to have suicide. That's Think about this. That's your body telling you naturally you shouldn't do something. But because we don't listen to our bodies, we don't listen to our minds, we don't listen to like what's, what's, what's actually driving us, we listen to this type of propaganda. We have an entire generation trying to detransition. Think about how crazy this is. That's why I'm, I'm trying to attack this from so many different angles. The home visiting aspect of it, government getting involved in your family, the fact that we have a, 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 a cross-dressing transgender epidemic, and then on, on the back end of that, the detransitioning wave that will come right after. That's why this is a multifaceted issue. But it just shows you how reprobate and how decadent we've become to where the government is saying, no, that's a good standard to have, that if you don't want to transition your child, you're a bad parent. That's just the upside down world that we now find ourselves living in. These are the reprobate citizens they're trying to create. But it doesn't stop there. They just want to try to psychologically nerf us. They want to try to affect us mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It's a part of a demoralization campaign, you understand. But it only works if we let it work. But here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about these oncoming quarantines. Uh, there was a New York had passed something like a couple Months ago, I never got around to covering it on the show uh, to to my failure. And now there's more information coming out about these quarantines. And we've got a video about that coming out. Uh, Bill Gates preparing for Pandemic X. The CDC putting out a new health advisory, uh, remote learning, returning to schools. We're talking about basically the pandemic that they're preparing and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. Members of Senate and Council, faculty, Ladies and gentlemen, it is a great pleasure to stand here and to be bestowed with this uh, honorary doctorate. And the dead Isle of Marion has been foiled. My latest, let's say, intellectual product was uh, the conceptualizing of the First Industrial Revolution. And uh, some people would say this revolution is characterized by the fight of robots against human beings. And 
We will win this fight if we really remember ourselves all the time. And the remaining Jedi will be hunted down and And the question is, how are we going to really almost deprogram these people who have signed up for the cult of Trump? Because they've been brainwashed. We really need camps for adults that you all run. I mean, really. All of America needs the programming. My resolve has never been stronger. Now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat. So thank you again for giving me this honor. Uh, it will be a day I will not forget. In order to ensure the security and continuing stability, the Republic will be reorganized into the first galactic empire. In our efforts since 1990, we could contribute to the integration of Lithuania into the European family, but also through many activities into the global affairs. So this is how liberty dies. With thunderous applause.
Good evening, I'm Kim Gable. We start at six with news of an unprecedented move. The Charleroi School District moving to remote learning after dozens of elementary school students got sick with the flu. Thank you for joining us. In an attempt to reduce the spread of the virus, the elementary, middle, and high schools are closed until Monday and all weekend activities are canceled due to this outbreak. Shelly Bortz talked with the superintendent about this decision. 81 students in the elementary school here went to the nurse's office yesterday with flu-like symptoms. Now, of those 81 kids, more than 30 of them were sent home, and some even needed to be hospitalized. The turning point was when the elementary nurse had called me yesterday and said she needed to see me immediately. That was approximately 10 a.m. Charleroi Superintendent Dr. Ed Zelich says he hasn't seen anything like this in his 10 years with the district, not even during COVID. When you get 80 students visiting your office and over 30 are going home prior to 12 noon, we have an issue. Zelich says, and it wasn't just students. He tells us cooks and custodians in the elementary school were going home sick too. When Zelich was notified that many of the sick students, campus-wide, tested positive for the flu, he knew he had to act quickly, and the decision was made to move to remote learning. We just got our administrative team together and made a decision. It was a tough decision, but we know it was the right one to protect our students and our staff. Zelich says as an educator going through the pandemic, he learned that remote learning is a viable option that wasn't available before. He says students can easily pivot to remote learning and back to in-person instruction and not miss a beat. But we felt uh, 24 to 48 hours plus the weekend gave us near 72 hours, I believe, that um, at least catch our breath to protect our children and protect our staff and take a look at it. But our goal is to be back on Monday. I talked to the elementary school nurse over the phone today, and she urges parents to keep their children home if they're sick to help mitigate the spread of this virus. She says now is not the time to worry about attendance. Meanwhile, the school is in the process of deep cleaning and sanitizing all surfaces campus-wide. In Shalleroy tonight, Shelly Bortz, KDKATV News. All right, we appreciate you, Shelly. We appreciate you, Shelly. Uh, remote learning returns in Pennsylvania school district after 80 elementary students show up with flu-like symptoms. That's what you guys just heard right there is a little news clip. We'll be talking about COVID, COVID-19, the vaccine, everything that comes up with this. Uh, the lockdowns that they're trying to roll back, that they're trying to telegraph, that they're going to do. Again, um, remote learning is coming back. But, I mean... If you're a longtime listener of the show, you already know what I'm thinking. These kids, because their immune system has been afflicted by the vaccine, got hit with like a wave of something and they're not able to hit it back. All these people did. Like you said, the staff did, the cooks, like teachers, everybody, their students, everybody, everybody that would be required to take the vaccine. Afflicted. So not just 80 students, there's also staff as well. Will we see more of this? Is this the white lung syndrome? Um, but definitely something to keep in mind. I mean, we we literally had earlier today in the news blitz talking about the the uh, monkeypox. What is it like the swine flu, the COVID vaccine, and the, the the regular flu all wrapped up into one? We see people being experimented upon in a time of great sickness 
in chaos and upheaval where they don't have time to regenerate or renew themselves or heal themselves. So heck yeah, you have kids that are just basically being clocked out, that are, that are being knocked out. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing, but let's continue on. Uh, New York County to enforce travel bans for weather and other catastrophes announcing a portal for essential worker movement passes. So there it is. Welcome to post-COVID America. This is an article. Uh, this is an article by Jordan Schachtel from the dossier. They put this up December 15th. He says there has yet to be a reckoning for all the government tyranny we witnessed in 2020, leaving power-hungry politicians under the impression that they can go back to the COVID era rights restricting toolbox whenever they deem it necessary. Under the leadership of Erie County, New York, New York County Executive Mark C. Polencars, the Buffalo area county has announced a portal for applying for, quote, essential worker status in the event of national of, of, of a state of emergency. Now, let's 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 pause right there. You can apply to be an essential worker. Remember what we were talking about just before with this whole new wave of people that are homeless now because they weren't deemed essential. Well, you see how they're gradually setting up the building blocks for the tyranny to come back so that if in the event of an emergency, you play along because, well, you already know your part. You already know that you're essential. You applied for it. Quote, the travel exemption portal will define specific categories of, of workers using a tiered concept to identify who would be exempt from a travel ban in order to commute to and from their place of employment. The list of essential employees will be reviewed annually and employers will be asked to provide updates when an essential employee's work status changes for any reason that warrants removal from the exemption list. The news release said the dossier spent lots of time on Friday searching to see if such measures were even legal, hoping to find inquiries in the news media defending New Yorkers for, from potential rights violations. Unfortunately, we came up empty. In fact, all we found from the corporate media were questions challenging the legal statuses of businesses that wanted to remain open during a declared emergency. Paul and Cars has used his police powers as a, as a county executive to declare a, quote, driving ban in the event of a snowstorm. The driving bans were put in place at the end of 2022 after a major snowstorm wreaked havoc on the area and resulted in the deaths of stranded motorists. Poland Cars then took the opportunity to announce the new policy as a way to, quote, do something about the crisis at hand. Now, one year later, they are dramatically expanding that power with the help of both state and federal resources. Let me scroll back up over here. This is the main thing I want to touch on. The exemption status, the, the portal, and just the tiered system, right? Because we're going to see more of that, just this, this staggered, tiered approach towards life. Oh, you took one vaccine, you have this many rights. Oh, you took two vaccines, oh, you have this many rights. Oh, you took all vaccines, well, come on in, buddy. Everything's free for you. And so the same way that I'm talking to you about sterilization through the vaccine, well, that's how you're going to get your universal basic income. Oh, you you took all four vaccines? Oh, you're for sure sterile. Here, we're going to give you like the alpha package, my friend. For sure, you're an essential worker. And the reason they're giving you this green light pass is because not only did you sterilize yourself, but you took off life expectancy. You killed yourself. So heck yeah, we're going to give you everything in the world and in this world to accelerate your termination that much easier. That's what's going on with the COVID shots. You understand? That's what you're going to see next. And this right here, the declaring of an essential worker status because you have taken the vaccine and you're still trying to get to work to, to do everything, you know, and, and you're noticing that your 
productivity levels down, your output down, your energy levels down, but you're still able to go to work for however long that is. You see like the sick, twisted, evil level of all this stuff. Let me continue on. It says under the, under the New York public officer's law, no one may travel except personnel deemed essential during the emergency. He declared on Friday on Twitter X, promising to sit law enforcement on those caught driving without a movement pass. But he also made it clear that it's not just snowstorm that he can use to justify curtailing the rights of the Erie County residents. In his thread, polling cars declared or decided that essential worker status applies to a travel ban related to this quote, some other type of catastrophe as well. Unsurprisingly, the county executives one was a maniacal COVID tyrant imposing a mask mandate on Erie County all the way up until 2022. He also set up a snitch hotline for citizens who wanted to report businesses for mask violations. Businesses could only opt out of the mask order if they had a Vax Pass requirement for entry. Enforcing travel bans are likely to become much easier in the coming years as the Biden administration and its partners in Congress are pressuring automakers through recently passed, quote, infrastructure bills to install remote, quote, kill switch technology in all the vehicles by 2026. In post-COVID America, non-essential politicians are always looking for an excuse to expand their authority. Since the moral and legal foundations for lockdowns was never challenged on the necessary scale, the tyrants of the COVID era will continue to seek out new applications for their use. There you have it. Enforcing travel bans for weather and other catastrophes, as well as a portal for essential workers. Please, sir, can I work? Please, sir, am I allowed to feed myself? Please, let me travel. Let me work. Joyless leftists killed Santa with COVID to push masks and vaccines. Basically, let's watch some COVID propaganda. You guys ready? It's called A Very COVIDy Christmas. It was the night before Christmas. Santa took a deep breath. If only he'd known it would lead to his death. Santa always listened when the famous doctors spoke. Too bad they didn't mention that the virus spreads like smoke. My God. Good God. That's pretty dark. That's propaganda. That's 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 fear-based propaganda. And if it works, you know, if it works on you, then then they have succeeded. And unfortunately, it seems like they have succeeded. Uh, Bill Gates prepares for pandemic X with new needle-free vac- mRNA vaccines. An article by Frank Bergman of Slay News. They put this up December twentieth, and let's hope it's not that ultrasonic vibratory. Uh, vaccine delivery we were talking about earlier. Let's hope it's not that. Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates is pumping vast sums of money into a, quote, new needle-free mRNA vaccine technology in preparation for the so-called pandemic X. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is teaming up with the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, CEPI, for the project. CEPI was also founded by Gates with a $460 million, $460 million investment. Gates and the CEPI are investing $1.2 million in a startup to create under-the-tongue vaccine, quote, wafers 
The wafer can be stored at any temperature and can be administered without the use of needles. Critics question the reliability of the technology and the safety of the mRNA platform. With funding from Gates' organization, the CEPI is partnering, is partnering with the Warata Thin Film Incorporated to develop a wafer-like mRNA film. The wafers are taken under the tongue for needle-free mRNA vaccine delivery. The huge cache of injections from Gates will give a massive boost to help Jarata develop its proprietary vaccine platform. According to the announcement, the $1.2 million funding is just to get the project off the ground with more funding likely at later stages. The company says its new platform stabilizes mRNA-containing lipid nanoparticle vaccine technologies in the thin film. Jarata claims the film is designed to be, quote, thermostable, meaning it, be, it can be produced and stored at room temperature. It can also remain stable for three years, eliminating the need for energy-intensive cold storage required by current mRNA vaccines. mRNA va- vaccine wafers, like vanilla wafers, you know, like the cookies, like the treats, but just biomedical, where, you know, it just changes your DNA. And I just get this, like, weird image of people, like, taking mRNA vaccines and just, like, hulking out somehow, becoming, like, you know, just take it like a, give me my, you know, give me my, my mRNA wafer, I'm the Hulk now. It's like, what? This is crazy. You know, I take my mRNA wafer and all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm cured against polio. Like, I think what's crazy is we're just, like, leaning into this whole let's experiment on humanity ideology like hey screw it why not give me the you know give me the most dangerous thing you can concoct sure yeah you know what i don't i don't care about progeny i don't care about the future i don't care about my kids screw it give it to me vaccine wafers huh. all right sure why not it's, it's it's just it's getting insane CDC puts out emergency health advisory warning of low vax rates and pushing doctors to push their patients to take more deadly jabs, but wear more bioweapons to coal the population. This comes from Natural News. They put this up December 20th, and this is more of what you already understand. We're hearing numbers that 17 to 21 million people have died this year, or so not this year, so far from the shots. So the CDC saying we need more shots is them saying we need more death. Enough of you are living. That's a problem. We need a whole new round of shots. It says in another sign that Americans are slowly and thankfully awakening. The CDC just passed this or this just this past Thursday, put out an emergency health advisory claiming an urgent need to increase the immunization coverage for influenza, COVID-19, and RSV, warning that low vaccination rates could, quote, lead to more severe disease and increased healthcare capacity strain in the coming weeks as we enter the winter season. With the CDC pushing healthcare service providers to push their patients to get vaxxed, just as they did during the original COVID-19 operation, with the Zero Hedge story reporting the CDC, with the Zero Hedge reporting, quote, the CDC is tracking increased respiratory disease activity in the United States for several respiratory pathogens. As the Zero Hedge story also reported, it made no mention of what's happening in China and the rise of the mysterious pediatric pneumonia, nor have they mentioned the astounding number of Americans and people across the planet who've died suddenly and mysteriously following their own COVID mRNA injections. Far Far too often young, 
healthy athletes in the prime of their lives. We've actually got a clip of that as well coming up. Somebody dying on the soccer field. It says, and while the CDC emergency alert had reported that, quote, in the past four weeks, hospitalizations among all age groups increased by 200% for influenza, 51% for COVID-19, and 69% for RSV, while also claiming healthcare providers should administer influenza, COVID-19, and RSV immunizations now to patients, and immunizations can prevent hospitalization and death associated with these respiratory diseases, they never address the fact that maybe Americans are rejecting the advice of the CDC and their doctors because Americans have realized it was a load of horse shit the whole time. This was a very long-winded sentence. It could have been uh, written better. Uh, reporting instead that, quote, key reasons of low vaccination uptake of influenza, COVID-19, and RSV va vaccine based on survey results from a nationally representative sample of U.S. adults included lack of provider recommendation, concerns or issues about the unknown or serious side effects, occurrence of mild side effects, the lack of time or forgetting to get vaccinated. They also never once mentioned in their emergency alert that Americans are suffering from vaccination fatigue, with one recent survey from the Health Policy Research Group, KFF, finding three out of four respondents said that they weren't concerned about getting COVID-19. And as this Zero Hedge story also pointed out earlier this month, another CDC study found that children who reported to pediatric center emergency departments with respiratory illness and were hospitalized were more likely to have taken COVID-19 vaccines. Sort of like what we heard with the previous story. And uh, those kids out there in Pennsylvania where 80 of those elementary students were hospitalized with flu-like symptoms. The overwhelming majority of young children in the study never received a dose of COVID-19 vaccine. That group of 6,377 far outnumbered the 281 who received one dose and the 776 who received at least two doses. Across the United States, most young children are unvaccinated. On the unvaccinated children in the study, 44% were hospitalized. Of the vaccinated, 55% were so there you have it. They're, they're, they're saying get more vaccines. Something's coming. Take the poison shots. Let us help you. We're here from the government and we want to give you your medicine. Are you going to take it? And like I said, we've actually got a clip of that coming out here shortly. Where a soccer player died on the pitch. Just died on, just, just dying, dying suddenly. Pfizer makes $43 billion bet that turbo cancers are going to explode around the world. They know it is. When they're coming up with mRNA vaccine wafers, you know, uh, wafers, little vanilla wafers, vaccinated wafers, vaccinilla wafers that you put underneath your mouth and change your genetics. When they're administering vaccines that have uh, contaminants in there, DNA strands, they know what they're doing. They're creating the turbo cancers. But like we've been saying, a patient cured is a customer loss. These guys profit off of creating problems, problem, reaction, solution. They gave you the cancer and watch. They'll have a vaccine that cures the cancer. And then just like that, we're in I am legend all of a sudden. Let me read this quick article by Baxter Dimitri from the People's Voice. They put this up December 17th. It says Pfizer has stunned the medical world, completing the $43 billion acquisition of CGEN a small drug company that treats turbo cancers and barely makes $2 billion a year. The acquisition means Pfizer becomes the largest oncology company in the world, capable of treating most turbo cancers caused by mRNA vaccines. 
However, the nature of this acquisition has left many people scratching their heads. Why would Pfizer, flush, the, flush with enormous profits it has reaped with, through the mRNA vaccine, overpay $43 billion for a small cancer drug company? Pfizer does not need the cash. It will also issue $31 billion in debt just to purchase Segan. Everyone in, is, is taking this at face value, but there is something very sinister lurking in the details of this deal. So what's happening here? First, we must acknowledge that Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 mRNA vaccines are causing turbo cancers at rates previously unseen in the history of the world. Based on the description of turbo cancer cases in over 30 medical articles, here are the top turbo five cancers we are seeing by numbers in those vaccinated with at least one mRNA shot. Lymphomas, brain cancers, breast cancers, colon cancers, and lung cancers, rounding out at the top 10 turbo cancers by the number of people affected in no particular order is leukemias, melanomas, sarcomas, uh, testicular and ovarian cancers, as well as kidney cancers. Pfizer's new acquisition takes them from being able to, quote, treat two of these turbo cancers to being able to treat seven out of the 10. Not bad for a company looking at corner the market and treating the same problem that it's causing. It gets even worse. Pfizer CEO Albert Borla did a media interview tour about the $43 billion Segan acquisition here are the key takeaways from the from the interview. 33% of people will get turbo cancer in the future. Of this, he is certain. Entire families will be affected. Again, he is certain. The new cancer treatments are like missiles that will target most turbo cancers. Pfizer will produce them at a scale that has never been seen before. By 2025, Pfizer will have a global network. Quote, we have a very quick way of completing clinical trials. And that they will be produced at scale, just like the mRNA. Think about what Barla is tele telegraphing with this information. Why would any company need to produce cancer treatments at a scale never seen before? Why would Pfizer, of all companies, be willing to bet tens of billions of dollars on turbo cancer continuing to explode at exponential rates around the world in the coming year? Seeking Alpha analysis theorizes that it's going to take Pfizer at least a decade just to break even from this deal. Financially, this $43 billion acquisition makes no sense for, for Pfizer, unless Borla and his cronies know something about the future that they're not telling us. Throughout history, the relentless pursuit of discovery has driven us to go beyond what we ever thought possible. But our greatest challenges still lie ahead. In the U.S. alone, one in three people will receive a diagnosis of cancer in their lifetime. That likely means you or someone you know will someday face this devastating disease. That's why Pfizer is going all in on cancer. We have the game-changing science and scale to take on this disease. And now, with the addition of CGEN, a world leader in a powerful cancer-fighting tool, we are pioneering a new revolution in cancer care. We will harness cutting edge science and technologies to attack cancer from multiple angles. At Pfizer, we believe that time is life. And for patients waiting for breakthroughs, each day matters. We won't rest until we change the trajectory of cancer as we know it. Oh, man, what's crazy is when, when that lady said time is life, I had this sick joke in my head play that, well, yeah, time is life. Time is money. If we kill you, 
we can have your money in your life. Pfizer's sick, man. Pfizer's this is this is this is gross. This is crazy. But them, we know what this is. Them acquiring CGen is telegraphing that indeed turbo, turbo cancers are going to be getting exploding around the world. And they want to they want to offer a cure, even though they cause the problem. And then and, and on, on top of that, I'm having the same thought of, well, how far off are we from I from from, from I am legend? Because isn't that how it started? Oh, we've got the cure to cancer. Oh, everybody come get you your, 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 your anti-cancer shots. We got the cure. We figured it out. We're smart. We're Pfizer. And then all of a sudden, zombie apocalypse, right? Strange humanoid entities that can't like stand in the sun. What? This is what's going on. That's what I'm saying. We've 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 entered this point of like experimental humans. It doesn't matter. And, then, and that's why you can watch those commercials, every single commercial, and it has like a whole segment where it's talking about all the problems <laughs> that it's gonna cause if you take it. But like a good magician and like a good wizard, if they're able to tell you about the problem and you still do it, well, then they've succeeded. And that's all Pfizer's doing. They're just about to round trip it again. Oh, you got all four boosters? Wonderful. Oh, my God. You developed turbo cancers? Even better. We just launched and acquired a company that can deal with this. Think about that. Think about the evil, the coordinated evil that these pharmaceutical companies are, are, are executing, are pushing. They know full well what they're doing. They're killing us. But don't worry, they're going to experiment on us before they kill us. Because you have to understand, and I talked about this before, like a couple of years ago, the Philosopher's Stone. They want life extension. They want immortality. They just have to sacrifice enough of us to get it. And that's what this is. This is a scientific sacrifice. They are dissecting us, trying to figure out our genetics so they can unlock immortality for themselves. I'm not down. I'm not down. Dr. Peterson Pierre provides a warning about shots for kids that you won't hear from most pediatricians. Article by Adam Dick from the Ron Paul Institute that the folks over there at Liberty Media, Liberty Daily put up December 20th. Is that many, many, many pediatricians are big time shot pushers for kids. They direct parents to give their children a multitude of shots from, air, from an early age and accord with the much expanded over the last few decades, CDC's child vaccination schedule, which now includes the newly added yearly coronavirus vaccine shots and similar state childhood vaccine schedules. And they act as though there is no basis for parents to be concerned about the safety and efficacy of this torrent of shots for children. Given the situation, it is refreshing to hear from a doctor such as Peterson Pierre, who brings a rationality and judgment to the matter of childhood shots. This is a big contrast to the doctors who just declare the patients or parents uh, should fall in line with keeping their children in compliance with the schedule. In an earlier episode of this month's Pierre's thought, Thoughtful Daily Dose series concerning medical matters, Pierre offered to take a different from what many from what many parents will hear from their children's doctors about shots on the childhood vaccine schedule. After addressing some of the overhyped benefits and the overlooked risks of the shot, Pierre urges parents to refrain from, quote, blindly following their pediatrician's recommendations regarding shots. Let's watch the episode here. Hey, freedom lovers. This is Dr. Peterson Pierre with America's Frontline Doctors bringing you today's Daily Dose. So in a September 5th press release, the nonprofit World Council for Health 
urged parents to consider childhood vaccination, not just COVID vaccine, but childhood vaccination in general, very carefully and adopt a common sense, safer to wait approach on the matter. Why? It pointed out that several research studies indicate vaccinated children having, and I quote, far worse health outcomes, end quote, than non-vaccinated children, including higher rates of many chronic diseases. You know, the COVID vaccine fiasco really made me rethink and reassess everything we've been taught about vaccines. Conceptually, they're a great idea, but many of them aren't effective. And it's also become quite obvious how corrupt the FDA is while Big Pharma runs the entire country. For example, the flu vaccine is only 16% effective. I bet many of you didn't even know that. Even though it's pushed on us every year and it's mandatory for medical staff in most hospitals. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I'm certainly risk aware and I don't put any drug in my body, regardless of what the medical community says, without analyzing the risk-benefit ratio and deciding for myself if it's worthwhile. I suggest you do the same because you really need to be your own advocate since medicine is compromised. Your doctor may not be making decisions that are in your best interest. Now you may be thinking, won't a pause in childhood vaccines cause a resurgence in disease outbreaks like polio and smallpox? That's unlikely because hygiene and sanitation are so much better than they used to be. In addition, we have treatment for smallpox and surveillance for polio. Dr. Peter McCullough also called for re-examining each of the vaccines currently prescribed in the childhood immunization program. And I quote, but this idea that each child starting on the day of birth through age 18 takes well over 100 injections. I think those days are over with. Recent studies and recent sentiment surveys, Kaiser Family Foundation being one, indicate that probably a third of parents now are really backing away from this intensive vaccine schedule. And I quote, I couldn't in good conscience tell a parent to go ahead and follow the schedule now, particularly with the COVID-19 vaccines on the schedule, end quote. There is, unfortunately, a lot of corruption and conflicts of interest in medicine. Parents, you alone are responsible for the health and safety of your children. You should take those factors into consideration when deciding whether or not to vaccinate your children instead of blindly following your pediatrician's recommendation. Don't live in fear. Conquer fear with truth. Ladies and gentlemen, only the truth will set you free. Stay tuned for the next Daily Dose. Appreciate you, Dr. Peterson. Appreciate you, my friend. UK footballer collapses on pitch after suffering cardiac arrest. An article by Nima Harris from the People's Voice. They put this up December 17th. It says Luttontown captain Tom Lockyer 
collapsed on the pitch after suffering cardiac arrest during a game Saturday. Luton manager Rob Edwards immediately ran onto the pitch with paramedics and medical staff to render aid. 29-year-old was, quote, responsive as he was carried off on a stretcher 10 minutes later to applause from around the ground. Twenty nine. Crazy how we're just like watching death in live time. So the Premier League game between Luton and Bournemouth was suspended shortly after with both teams saying they were, quote, in no state of mind to continue. The Luton team confirmed Lockyer suffered cardiac arrest in the field but was responsive and taken to the hospital. Our medical staff have confirmed that the Hatters captain suffered cardiac arrest on the pitch but was responsive by the time he was taken off the stretcher. He received further treatment inside the stadium for which he for which he once for which we once again thank the medical teams from both sides. Tom was transferred to the hospital where we can reassure supporters that he is stable and currently undergoing further tests with his family at his bedside. We would like to thank everyone for their support, concern, and loving message for locks. Oof. Quote, it is the second time this year that Lockyer has collapsed during a game. In May, he was taken to the hospital during Luton's championship playoff final win against Coventry, but after heart surgery, he was given the all clear to return to action in June. Chalk this up to just another healthy, a young, another young, healthy athlete passing out on the pitch. These things just keep happening. People just keep passing out, dying, collapsing, you name it. And we just we just change the channel. Steve Kirsch says that over 10 million people worldwide have died from the COVID-19 vaccines. It's by Kevin Hughes from the Natural News. They put this up December 20th. I wonder if there's a clip. All right, welcome everybody. There is, but it's pretty long. I'll just read a little bit of this. Uh, it says that more than 10 million people around the world have died from the Wuhan COVID-19 vaccines. According to investigative journalist Steve Kirsch, quote, it's my estimate that over 10 million people, it's in that ballpark, he told the health ranger Mike Adams during his appearance on the health ranger report last December 14th. Uh, Kirsch added that the, that he came upon this conclusion after scrutinizing the VAERS data on the number of vaccine excess deaths connected to the COVID-19 vaccine. He also mentioned doing an extensive analysis on the vaccine data in New Zealand, the results of which he announced to the world, quote, and so all these things are just all coming and saying the same thing. Somewhere on the order of one per 1,000 is pretty much what we normally expect per excess deaths for people said Kirsch. That's not at all surprising. Uh, he, he also cited a poll by Rasmussen Reports conducted in late October. According to the poll, 24% of respondents, almost a quarter, say they personally know somebody who died from the side effects of the COVID-19 injection. The same poll found that 42% of the respondents would join a class action lawsuit against the makers of these vaccines. According to Kirsch, some of his friends dying or getting injured from the COVID-19 injection had pushed him to start looking into the issue. 
His other friend, his other friends initially thought he was a quote nutcase with his warnings, but eventually realized he was correct. Meanwhile, the health ranger lamented that the disaster of the COVID-19 vaccine deaths has has been accelerated with the inclusion of the injections in the annual vaccination schedule and their continued promotion. Fortunately, many pro-vaccine people told Adams that they weren't going to take any more vaccines. According to Adams, Kirch had been making his case in the vaccine safety data. However, it isn't a brick, it isn't, it has hit a brick wall, something the founder of the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation didn't expect. Kirsch acknowledged this brick wall, adding that truth tellers like him are up against huge bureaucracy. Let's see if we can try to find him. Everybody to this interview on brightion.com. I'm Mike And uh, so, you know, it's critical thinking skills. And yes. so because they're trying to reduce vaccine hesitancy because they're people like me who are spreading, who they accuse of spreading misinformation and they never challenge us, first of all. So that's a huge red flag that everybody on our side is saying, hey, let's have a debate. Let's have a challenge. Let's do it recorded one-on-one. Let's talk through the data. Let's stop with the ad hominem attacks. And let's stop with the character assassinations and the appeal to authority and all this stuff. And let's just focus on the data. We're calling for that. They're not. We are calling for data transparency. We want the data to be made public. The other side doesn't. You know, so just those things alone. And then the calling for the censorship, you know. Absolutely. It's like when the White House says that these people should be censored, every time you have somebody calling for censorship, they're always on the wrong side of the issue. No exceptions. In, in history, and people still can't figure this out. But so those are sort of tip-offs. You don't have to be very sophisticated uh, to figure that out. Now, if you want right. to go to the next level of detail, I could show you the, uh, the plots of you take a fixed cohort. You say, here are people who got dose number one, or here's people who got dose number two, or here's people who got dose number three. And I will show you that the deaths per day after they got the shot, go up instead of down. Doesn't doesn't slope down. It's supposed to slope down. That's the law of gravity. And when you define the law of gravity, it means you have a killing machine. And when that slope is then tied to the uh, uh, the, the time of a, of a of an intervention, and it's correlated with that because then if you take something that's at random times and you don't see that line going up, you know, oh, wow, you only see that line going up when you look at it relative to this particular uh, point in time where an event happened that might have been uh, causing it. And so when you see the correlation happens with the event that's causing it, and when you look at, at other vaccines, for example, that are given maybe over the same year, over a given period of time, and, it, and, and there's, there's, there's no signal there, um, then you have to say that, mm, interesting, we see, a, we see this huge signal when we tune to the days since dose given, and when we sort of tune our radio to another channel, we, we just hear static, uh-huh. right, instead yeah, of yeah, this strong exactly. signal. And so, so there are all sorts of things that people can look at. Um, I, and I think, to, to me, the most stunning was when I compared – the pneumococcal vaccine to the COVID vaccine in the same year. So given in the same year. And 
that was a stunning uh, curve because one curve goes up and the other curve goes down. And, you know, there's like, it's, it's a straight line. One's a straight line down and the other one's like a straight line up, you know, or upwards. And they couldn't be more different. And they're in exactly the same year and they're given around the same time of year to the same population. So, Hard to explain, you know, the only thing that varied, the only thing that was different was, was the vaccine. Why did one slope up and the other one slope down? Like, well, right. Yeah, exactly. I'm not supposed to work that way. And, and yet, you know, we hear corporate media making all kinds of excuses for the excess deaths in 2021 and 22 and so on and saying, well, it was people committing suicide or it was uh, people not being fit because they didn't go to the gym because of lockdowns and they all died because they, they couldn't couldn't go work out or whatever. And, but if you, if you look closely at these excuses, they don't make any sense. They don't add up. I haven't seen any compelling rebuttal. Yeah. Like, well, they, they certainly don't explain why, okay, you give the pneumococcal vaccine and the slope goes down and you get the COVID vaccine, the slope goes up and it's in the same cohort and it's the same period of time. How do you explain that? Right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's the problem. So then let's talk about, the, the attempts by what I, I'm going to call the mainstream scientific community, or maybe they're, I can't even call them scientific at this point, but. I, I watched a lot of Mike Adams, so I could definitely continue to listen to him. I recommend you guys go give that a listen if you have some time. That is uh, Steve Kirsch and Mike Adams discussing the convincing data showing that COVID-19 are killing people. Again, it's just more confirmation of the same. Uh, Steve Kirsch, you know, catching up to the, or, you know, just more information confirming the fact that we're seeing double digit millions of people killed by this vaccine. And it's absolutely devastating. But yeah, definitely go give that a check if you guys want to find the sign, want to find the time. Uh, whistleblower nurse exposes deadly COVID-19 protocols in the Bay Area Hospital. An article by Ava Grace from National News. They put this up November 20th, and there's not a uh, there's not actually a clip. So we've got to read it. a little bit of a wall of text here, and then we're going to pull up for you guys a, a, a clip about these quarantine camps, as well as sparse 2025. Uh, but it says that a whistleblower nurse has stepped forward to expose the deadly hospital protocols at her hospital during the height of the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic. Gail McRae worked at a hospital in California's Bay Area, notoriously one of the most stri- strictly compliant populations in the country. Quote, we were compliant, not just with the lockdowns and the masking, but also with the COVID-19 injections, she said in an interview. McCray stated her stint or started her stint at Kaiser Permanente Santa Rosa Medical Center in 2015, but was fired in October of 2021 for refusing to take the, the COVID-19 injections on religious grounds. Cray said two things bothered her during the height of the pandemic, the media coverage of hospitals and the protocols in the place at the time. COVID-19 cases became more widespread in 2020 Media reports showed hospitals becoming overpopulated with patients. However, this was far from what McRae saw, leading her to conclude that everyone was being lied to. In reality, the hospitals were locked down, elective surgeries were stopped, and the hospital she worked in became completely empty. Quote, there were things going on that shouldn't have been going on, the nurse remarked. One such thing included telling family members that they weren't allowed to be beside their dying relatives due to the hospital's, quote, isolation policy. But for McRae, this was a violation of her oath and a crime against humanity. Quote, I knew it right away. It shouldn't have been happening. 
we isolate people in prison. We put them in, in the brig when they do something wrong to torture them. That's what I feel like I was being forced to do when I had to tell my patients as family members what they when they couldn't come into the hospital to be near their dying loved ones. McCray also knew she needed to critically analyze what she was being told to do, such as the administration of the drug remdesivir, the only medication nurses were allowed to give patients hospitalized with COVID-19. However, the antiviral drug was only granted an emergency youth authorization and not full, full approval. Moreover, she also knew from her nurse training in her bachelor's degree that an antiviral such as remdesivir should not, give, should not be given more than 24 to 48 hours after symptoms are shown. It was only between 10 to 12 days post-symptom that COVID-19 patients were given remdesivir, she added. McCray also noted that, she, that during one double shift she rendered, the 50 or 60 patients she saw all needed care for a heart attack or stroke. She noticed an uptick in, quote, code blue calls, which means resuscitation or immediate medical help is needed. Quote, and nine out of 10 times, those code blues were to, were, were to the lower level, down to the clinic where they were injecting people. Two of my colleagues did, in fact, go into anaphylaxis after receiving their shots. McCray was told that she wasn't allowed to report what she was seeing, but now she plans to expose these crimes to the world. The whistleblower nurse has been involved in several lawsuits with the intention of standing up for her and other health care workers' rights. Quote, this has all come down to making decisions out of a place of extraordinarily love and compassion for the world around me, she said. Oof, sounds like a powerful testimony. And something we may have already covered on the show, but it doesn't hurt. Have it again. Have these, these type of refreshers. Uh, and it, it's it's just it's it's true. You know, they killed people. They were killing people with these with the the ventilators, with the protocols, and with so much more. People were dying just as much from tyranny and bureaucracy as they were from from actual viruses and diseases and sicknesses. And it was, it, it's horrible. The COVID protocols are horrible. I didn't get to go see my grandfather pass away. I had to go to like a Zoom funeral right when the pandemic happened because of it. And it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. And, and they're not done. Look at this. New York forced quarantine. If they can make it there, they can make it anywhere. You've been warned. Let me see. I, 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 I want to see if I could try to find real quick. Let me see if I could try to find the other clip that's mentioned, New York quarantine. Uh, quarantine, not quarantine. Yeah, there's some there's some information that's come out about it, and we actually played it last uh, just the other week as well. Let me see. There it is. Yeah. This is the one that I'm referring to. I'm going to play the, I'm going to play this one for you guys, and then play the other intended clip that I have. New law in New York State allows them to detain and quarantine anyone they want without due process. Uh, this was one of those TikTok videos that I, I, I didn't get around to catching, but we got it now. Let's listen. Only the scariest video I've ever made. It's not just for New York City; it's for the entire state of New York. We are all going to have to run and get the fuck out of here. Let me explain to what happened over the weekend. Rule 213. Anybody remember what Rule 213 was supposed to be or what it is now? Over a year ago, Governor Hochul tried to have something come in place called two, Rule 213, where the state can come remove you from your home and put you into quarantine. And I'm not talking about C19. I'm talking about 
any disease, including Lyme disease, toxic shock syndrome, things that aren't even contagious, okay? This happened last March. It was approved to go through until a bunch of lawyers sued them for it. And the judge appealed it. They said, this is not going to go through. No thanks. Goodbye. Until this past September, when Governor Hochul appealed that decision, he followed up with the New York State Supreme Court Appellate Division, 4th Judicial Department. Both sides gave their argument. Hochul's lawyers saying, oh, it's not going to be as bad as you think, while the other lawyers saying what the nightmare will be if this goes through. Number one, there's no age restriction. It could be a newborn baby. It could be your grandparents. It could be you who just gave birth. There are no restrictions to removing the person that needs to come out and go in quarantine. Could be in the middle of the night, middle of the day, while you're at work. Doesn't matter. They take you. You have no right. There is no due process. There are no court hearings. There is also no time duration limit. You are there until they tell you you can leave. You are forced also to take whatever medicine that they give you, whatever vaccine that they decide is good for you. On that list also includes experimental drugs. They are allowed to experiment with your body to see if something will work. I'm not making this shit up. This is all listed on the appeal. The worst part is you are not allowed to take a test to prove that you are not even sick. They don't care about test results. If they deem you to be a problem, they just take you out and put you into a quarantine. If you look up on Google, some websites will say, no, it's not a quarantine case, it's something else. Well, really, uh, what the fuck would you call it? They announced over this weekend, the appeals court finally got back with the decision after months later, and they put it through. Rule 213 is now in place for the entire state of New York. Attorney Bobby Ann Cox is saying there is only one more place they can appeal this is the New York State Court of Appeal. That's our last chance. Frankly, I don't know how any judge could have voted that this rule is okay. Maybe they don't think it will happen to them or to their family members or to their friends, but there is no way that this is constitutional by any means. Yeah, I missed that last week, and now we've got this clip over here uh, where this, this, this young lady uh, is saying the same thing. I wish this was just a conspiracy. Over a year ago, the governor of New York tried to have Rule 213 passed. This rule would make it possible for the government to come in and remove you from your home for really any reason that they deem necessary. They would take you from your home and put you into quarantine. This is for any disease, not just C-19. Lyme's disease, toxic shock syndrome, literally anything, things that aren't even contagious. This was actually approved to go through until a bunch of lawyers sued. A judge appealed it and said, mm -mm, this is not gonna happen. And then the governor appealed that decision. So both sides gave their arguments. The governor saying, oh, it's not gonna be as bad as you think. The other side saying what the legitimate nightmare will be if this goes through. You guys, there's no age restriction. This could literally be a newborn baby. It could be your grandparents. It could be you just giving birth. There's no due process. You have no rights. There is no court hearings and there is no end. However long they feel like you need to stay there is how long you stay there. They can wow. experiment with your body and give you any kind of experimental drugs or vaccines. I'm not making this up. This is literally all listed on there. You also can't even take a test to prove that you're not sick. The appeals court finally just got back with their decision over this past weekend and they put it through. This is now active and in place in New York City right now. That's crazy. She literally just said the same thing. It's like she had like watched that chick and just said what that lady said 
like in a shorter time frame with their own style. God, that would be horrible. Never knowing which is the original copy on TikTok. But yeah, no, uh, this is something that we've covered as well. We played the clips for you guys in the past. Uh, like this is a big deal. We have, we have actually have like a fair amount of our audience that lives in New York. Uh, and this is why we're saying, you know, get out of New York, escape from New York because of what these people are doing. They're talking about whole new pandemics. This will give them all the justification they need to literally snatch people in the middle of the night and detain you for God knows how long. One of the main things I have, one of the, one, one of the things that started making me wake up to like Obama being not a good guy. I was about to say like the antichrist, but just not a good guy was the fact that he had authorized the, N the NDAA where you could indefinitely detain American citizens, specifically journalists. And I thought that was the sketchiest thing. I said, this is, this, this is an American indefinite detention for prolonged periods of time. That, that sounds like something out of a third world country. And then that's something that Obama authorized. And then you see where we are now. Uh, but no, this is, this is something they've been trying to do. Just disappear people, throwing them in their black sites, just getting rid of folks. Um, and if they can have forced quarantines in New York City, well, the next is California. And then who knows, maybe it'll be like Portland, Oregon, or you know, Seattle, Washington, or Denver, Colorado, or something like that. And then it'll begin to spiral. Quarantines are coming. They are trying to figure out how to lock us down again. Here is World Health Organization whistleblower Dr. Astrid Stilkeberger talking about SPARS 2025 and how they're trying to create a permanent pandemic. And I'll be honest So this is just going to go on forever because uh, what they're doing, you can see it happening now. It's that we thought, oh no, we, <laughs> those who got vaccinated, thought that the vaccination would liberate them. And I'm the opposite. They're vaccinated, they're dependent on what they call the mutation, they are using this as a gimmick. So they say, oh, every mutation, always with the wrong test, there's a mutation, a new vaccine. So not only people have to make two vaccines now, which is also unprecedented with a experimental injection, that now they have to keep on wearing masks and they have to keep on doing lockdown and distanciation. It doesn't solve anything. They think they're going to travel, but then they will have an ID vaccine passport that will force them to get vaccinated regularly so they can control them more and more, their health, maybe eliminate them. Uh, with, you know, it's, it's really criminal. So the, the fact that we see that the plan is done for 2031 in the papers of the government you have to look for it, is already a plan. The other sign is that John Hopkins University has issued a pandemic plan for SPARS 2025-2028. So they will not stop. They will keep on, as long as people believe they're going to make them believe SPARS and everything, and every flu is going to be transformed in a, in a drama drumming. So every flu, you're sick and you're going to die. And people are so afraid of death, they think that the, they give their life <laughs> risk to people who lie to them. They believe in a government that lies to them. So um, they're using fear. And those who are fearful and don't change will, will probably, unfortunately, die. So I'm just, you know, calling people to wake up and take back your health. Don't believe in the government. They are, they are creating <laughs> a perpetual pandemic. <laughs> It's, it's an eternal pandemic. This is 
the worst nightmare of, uh, you can have is to be in perpetual fear your whole life. And that's what they want. So this is Thanks, Astrid. going to go on forever. That's, that's what they want. Thanks, Astrid. You, you see, because that's problem, reaction, solution is the wheel. They want to keep you on the wheel. They want to keep you on the, the fairest wheel of fear. Right. And if you took one shot, you're going to be that much easier to get to take a second shot, a third shot, a fourth shot, then you're dead. And so she's right. The people that don't give in to the fear are, are, are going to be exterminated. They're going to come after us. They're going to try to figure out some type of way to get the people that didn't take the vaccine because they've already got the people that have taken the vaccine. Right. They, they're, they're trying to figure out what's the next way to get us. Uh, and that's something that we have to be mindful of. This is this is this is the world that they're creating, the squid game world they're they're creating. Maybe, you know, next year, going into next year, we'll do like a, a, a reboot where we actually address what's going on with the sparse pandemic um, and all of these other viruses that they're telegraphing. Uh, you know, people like uh, he's always on with Dr. Jane Ruby, but he's always talking about how the Marburg epidemic that's coming. Maybe we'll do like a refresher uh episode where we talk more about the sparse pandemic and everything that's coming with that, because we can see what they're doing. We can see that they're telegraphing the next pandemic, the next problem, uh, disease X, pandemic X, lockdowns, and so much more. And so it's going to be lockdowns, climate lockdowns, and so much more. They're, they're, They're basically just saying that the tyranny is coming. They're trying to control the change. That first shot was the shot heard around the world what comes next is going to be even crazier. And I'm not ready for it. We, like I said, we're, we haven't talked about the graphene oxide, the things that are going on with that in quite some time as well, man. But this is where we are. This is the information that's coming out. 17 to 21 million people have been killed by this shot so far. And we're going to start to see that number go parabolic in the next few years due to the myocarditis that people have been inflicted with. But here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the border invasion. Incredible footage that's just coming out right now. Absolutely incredible footage that's coming out right now uh, about the, 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 the mass migration that's taking place. Just everything that comes with it and what they're going to do on the back end of it as well. How the supply chain is affected uh, by the illegal alien invasion that's, that's taking place. And how this is just changing everything. We're going to be talking about the border invasion and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this.
young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, half of this government, are actually young noble leaders of the world. We penetrate the cabinets. The change is not just happening. The change can be shaped by us. We have to prepare for a more angry world. How to prepare? Take the necessary action to create a fairer world. I see the need for a great reset. So people assume we are just going back to the good old world which we had and everything will be normal again. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. There is only one way this pandemic is going to go. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. The next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner. And it is the climate crisis. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Stories, lies, and share truth. Freedom Faction, out. just like that. I hope you didn't miss me. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to third, ah, what is it like, it's like three, the third or fourth segment. I don't really know. Thank you guys for sticking around to the last segment of the show, the border invasion. You know, as, as that music was playing, uh, I usually get down with you guys in between like the breaks I usually like jump jump around and listen to the music myself. 
And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, my God, this is intense. What you're talking about is intense. Even though I'm the one saying it, it sounds intense even to hear me say it. And I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I look forward to having like a paranormal perspective episode. I'm thinking to myself like, man, Christmas is next week. And look at just the world being set on fire. Really wish I could get a paranormal perspective episode. Really need a good ghost story. Really looking forward into jumping back into this at the start of the year and riding this all the way, round tripping this again. Really excited for season 14 because the world is crazy right now. And I have enough energy for everyone, or at least the people that understand what we're doing. And it's just, it's, it's, it is a blessing. It is an honor and it is a curse. And I would, they say ignorance is bliss, not really. Ignorance is death. It's a slow creeping death. And so that's why I tell you guys, like, I really am appreciative of being able to be here in your life, in this capacity, because I'm not, I'm not bullcrapping you, man. I'm shooting you straight. If we were to, if we were to go have a beer, if we were to go for a hike, if we were to go hit the gym, if we were to go have a lunch or have a coffee, right? I would talk to you this way. I would be pleading with you. I would be pleading with anyone saying, we've got to wake up. We've got to figure this out. We've got to come together. We have to stop this. My child, my future, my child's future, my, my legacy depends on this. Not, not the podcast, but on fighting and combating, like what the hell these people are doing. This isn't a joke. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't for show. We don't, I'm trying to tell you, we don't have, I'm trying to tell you, like we literally don't have like a mindset capable of, di- of, of of comprehending this. We have a mindset where it's like, oh, you know, like it's holiday season. Oh, you know, it's a Super Bowl season. Oh, you know, like it's it's a back to school time frame or whatever the hell. We don't we don't have like a war frame, a war mindset. We don't have like a, hey, we need to stop the pedophiles. We need to stop the Satanists. We need to, we need to we need to pump our own dollar. We need to start producing more. We need to start having more kids. We don't have a mentality or a a, a, a archetype or a dialogue to address this type of stuff. That's what we are here to do. And you see more people waking up, you know, praise God. But are they waking up fast enough, deep enough? Are we doing the most that we can do? Are we taking this even more serious? Are we doubling down in our conviction and our understanding of what is happening to us? And so I'm excited for 2024 because when they rip the masks off, guys, that's the best thing they could do to us. They confirmed everything we knew and more. Praise God. Now we get to come after our enemies. Now we know who they are. Now we know what flag they have. Now we know what values they stand for. Now now we know. Now it's not a mystery. So the next part is what should come natural. And that's going to be even crazier, but I'm ranting. I'm raving. Let me go ahead and say this. If you guys want to support the operation, the best way to do so is to hit the links in the description bar below. You can support us through coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash noise, patreon.com forward slash noise, grab a subscription service through paypal.me slash noise, or even get yourself some New Leaf Naturals CBD oil, which you heard right there in the break. You can get 10 to 30% off using the links in our description bar below, as well as making sure you get some storable goods. Uh, uh, a generator, solar panels, three-month supply, a year supply, 
you, you want to talk about buy now, pay, pay later. People are doing that for stupid crap over there at, at, at Walgreens. Uh, My Patriot Supply has like a buy now, pay later uh, situation for you. So if you want to buy the, the goods now and set up a payment plan, that's something that that's that's a worthy investment. Right. So you can find the links for all that and more in the description bar below. Uh, let's go ahead and start getting into some of this craziness that's popping off at the southern border. Right here. Look at this. Illegal immigrants flood airports, get priority seating as America gears up for a holiday season travel. This, is, uh, this, this comes from Freedom Powers of Business and Politics. They put this up December 20th. As as literally thousands continue to pour over the U.S. border illegally, a surreal scene has been unfolding at the nation's airports. In videos posted to social media, an eyebrow-raising phenomenon appeared to be evolving as dozens of purported migrants were seen traveling from one destination to another. On Tuesday, journalist Ashley St. Clair blew up the story about Delta, Delta Airlines allegedly facilitating the travel of illegal migrants as she documented the scene at the Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport. Quote, my Delta flight from Phoenix appears to be flying migrants who crossed the border and are being shipped to New York. When I asked a Delta representative if this was the case, his response was, what does it matter? They're humans, too. The conservative commentator wrote in one post, one of several posts on X. What is happening? Are taxpayer dollars paying for this? Uh, and so here is the clip. I'm at the Phoenix airport right now. I'm waiting to board my flight to New York, uh, to JFK. And it looks like we have a whole lot of migrants who are also boarding this flight that the U.S. taxpayers are paying for. This is what the U.S. taxpayers are paying for right here. Premium seats on Delta that they have people coming here. We're paying for this shipping them out to New York City because guess what? Everywhere else is at capacity. So they have these sanctuary cities like New York that they're now shipping these migrants to that we're all paying for. Yep, taxpayer dollars. So there's several posts. I wonder if there's more. Catholic Community Services, interesting. And we've seen this before where there's like migrants with manila folders uh, trying to figure out which, which airport to go to. Quote, it's unclear if the passengers were recently arrived migrants who crossed the U.S.-Mexico border or if they came from detention centers. However, migrants are not considered illegal, considered illegally in the country after being processed and requesting asylum. St. Clair continued to post videos from the airport where she was departing. Let's let's see. And so these guys are just following orders. These these migrants are just following orders. That's the wild part. Uh, migrant placed next to me in a premium cabin still has the bag from the processing center. A majority of this flight is migrants bus from the processing center. Can Delta please let all their customers know what medical screenings are being done for these migrants illegally? Oof, insane. It says that uh, last week, Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs ordered National Guard troops to the Mexico border with Mexico saying, quote, yet again, the federal government is refusing to do its job to secure our border and keep our communities safe in an open rebuke of President Joe Biden's administration. Quote, Biden is allowing illegal immigrants to fly with zero identification. They can use their notice to appear piece of paper to get on a plane. American citizens have a stricter ID requirements to board a plane than illegal aliens under Biden commented U.S. Representative Mary Miller of Illinois on X. 
Journalist Taylor Hansen shared a video from the Phoenix airport on Wednesday where he said he had seen over 40 migrants in just 30 minutes, explaining that they are, quote, receiving priority boarding and are, quote, skipping security lines. He reported that migrants from Africa, Venezuela, and Mexico, among other regions, are at the airport and are being routed to North Carolina, New York, Pennsylvania, and Texas. Ustedes son de Guatemala, ¿no? Okay. ¿Y hace cuánto cruzaron? ¿Hace dos días? Okay. ¿Y por qué decidieron salirse de Guatemala para venir para acá? Para Why did you Unidos? leave Guatemala and come to the U.S.? Personally, to work and study in the U.S.? Work and okay. study. ¿Y cuánto tiempo se tardaron de cruzar de Guatemala? How long did it take to get here from Guatemala? About 12 days. About 12 days. En total. Ah, okay. Pues fue rapidito por México. You went through Mexico quickly. Any issues with the cartels? Personally, no. Tomaron un tren por todo el país o cómo se llegaron por cómo cruzan todo el país? Transportando, como autobús o cosas así. Ah, okay. Entonces, ahorita cruzaron y hablaron con un juez de inmigración. You spoke to an immigration judge in Arizona. I was there all day yesterday. I was there all night with border patrol. Insane. And what's crazy is, is we're not done, guys. We're not done. That was just the first article. Illegal border crossers complain about the free food they're getting at their free New York City hotels. An article by Mike LeChance from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up December 15th. It says the illegal border crossers living on the taxpayer's dime in New York City hotels are reportedly not happy about the taxpayer-funded food they're being given. At a time when American citizens are struggling to afford food and to feed themselves and their families, people here illegally are throwing away food that they are being given for free. The city is spending a fortune on this every single day. They might as well just throw cash into the garbage. This next part comes from the New York Post. It says that the migrants are rejecting bad sandwiches, pancakes, donuts, and chicken dishes at the New York City shelters. Several migrants confessed to the Post Friday that the meals served at the New York City Asylum Seeker Shelter are, quote, so bad that they often just trash them, with some opting to sneakily cook in their rooms instead. Their claims of terrible food came a day after it was revealed thousands of uneaten, taxpayer-funded meals prepared for asylum seekers are tossed each day. Quote, no one likes the food. Jesus Alberto, 31, from Venezuela, told the Post outside the Roosevelt Hotel, the Big Apple's main migrant intake center, quote, without lying, it's bad, bad. Meals served to the migrants include pancakes and cuecas, a type of fried tortilla for breakfast, sandwiches for lunch and dinners, including chicken alfredo and chicken with spaghetti. The number of meals being wasted is down in part to asylum seekers ditching the city-funded food in favor of buying their own. The Post spotted several migrant families hauling groceries into the Roosevelt this week, including strollers stacked with boxes for Cheerios and cornflakes, as well as bags filled with chips, pot, bread, and pasta. People are reacting to this news exactly as you would expect. Yeah, I would be upset too. Pretty upset too that uh, we're, we're we're trying to take care and house people that are immediately throwing away the food. The respect definitely not there. Exclusive DHS and intelligence officer blows the whistle on massive Islamic terror invasion. So this was one of those "it's only a matter of time" type of articles. 
It was only a matter of time until we started hearing about the terror attacks. It was only a matter of time until people started blowing the whistle saying, hey, this is a legitimate issue. We've actually got an if, uh, a video clip of the officer speaking about it on InfoWars after we read this article. Uh, it's just good to get this stuff in, you know, on record. Former DHS intelligence officer Aaron Stevenson joined the Alex Joe show live on Monday via Skype to lay out the United States' open southern border has allowed militant Islamic terrorists to flood into the country unchecked. Quote, the amount of people coming across we can't do background checks on at all. We collected with the military intelligence in Iraq and Afghanistan. We collected information on those populations for like 20 years, he told Jones. So let's just go ahead and jump into that. The amount of people coming across, we we can't do background checks on at all. Now, give me a second. I think uh, we have a shorter video. Yeah, that's about four minutes long. That whole segment's like an hour long. Let me read a little bit more. We know a lot about those populations, and we still miss out on key indicators, which identify Iraqis and Afghans as either terrorists or terrorist sympathizers. He also highlighted the establishment's replacement migration scheme that that collapses birth rates of developed nations while simultaneously flooding their borders with illegal migrants from third world nations to overwhelm the system and replace the collapsing native demographics. Yes. Short answer is yes. Here is his new segment. Coming across, we we can't do background checks on at all. Now this, I'm saying this for a reason as well. We collected on, um, with military intelligence, because I was there in Iraq and Afghanistan, we collected on those two populations for like 20 years. We know a lot about those populations, and we will still miss out on key, you know, key indicators which identify Iraqis and Afghans as either terrorists or terrorist sympathizers. This would be part of your vetting process, you would think, right? But we still let these people in because we missed the steps. So now you go to any other country that, let's say, has a, uh, a militant arm which doesn't like us very much. This could be anywhere in the world, but specifically a lot of places in the Middle East. Hezbollah. And exactly. Well, a key point, by the way. In 2019, I wrote an unclassified intelligence report for USCIS uh, showing like, hey, going back the past three years, let's look at the biggest population of terrorists that we've seen, you know, with USCIS. So whether they're filing for naturalization or um, a refugee or any type of work visa, if anything at all. And I was expecting to see that like, oh, it's going to be Afghans and Iraqis, obviously. And it wasn't. The biggest population that wasn't like just spouses and children of terrorists, the biggest population came from actually Lebanon. That's going for three years, from 2017, 2018, and 2019. And that was shocking to me because there hasn't been no major migration wave from uh, from Lebanon going back to at least Except like Except Iran so. just took over Lebanon in the last six, seven years. So they're, let me guess, they're Iranian-backed, sheep-dipped as Lebanese. Well, and the biggest thing about this thing is uh, the the biggest category of those terrorists, it wasn't like your bomb makers and your fighters. These were recruiters. These were uh, religious leaders. These were people that can provide support. These were financers. It was people yeah, that- Yeah, they're the force multipliers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Keep going, And sir, USCIS, sorry. well, no worries. Uh, USCIS chose not to publish that report. Don't know why. Uh, we proved it. It was very mathematical. It was very logical. And when it came to the front office leadership- they just didn't give us the okay to publish it to the rest of DHS. So in the this whole collapse of Kabul in uh, 2021, there was a lot of different uh, organizations that were trying to like find the good Afghans because there was a lot of good people there that were good sources or good interpreters. They were uh, just you know very beneficial to a lot of American um, 
interest, I would say. And I was supporting as a uh, as a private contractor for uh, Defense Intelligence Agency and National Ground Intelligence Center in 2010, 2011, 2012. And I was supporting uh, basically a national level targeting uh, enterprise, if you will, a, a task force, but it was high level, you know, nationwide. We were like looking for bad guys. And um, I met a lot of good friends there, right? So fast forward now from 2012, uh, some of these friends hit me up about this fall of Kabul in 2021. And they were asking immigration questions like in a, in a private signal chat. So I'm trying to answer them like, yeah, they get to follow these forms or it's like, it's kind of like this, whatever. And I was asking a buddy of mine, like, dude, what is this thing? And this is what was called the digital Dunkirk. They were like, we're getting our friends the hell out of Afghanistan. Like there's a lot of bad stuff going on there. Like we're getting out the good ones now. And so for about 10 days, two weeks, give or take, I was just involved in all this, a lot of the chats for the non-combatant evacuation operation. So I saw a lot of what was going on first off. But now fast forward to February, 2022. Uh, I go through this work document that I found at USCIS, unclassified, and it shows this like list of uh, 600 people, give or take. And I start going through there, just doing a basic you know, alien number search or checking out their uh, name, date of birth. Let's see, this. who are these guys? I have immigration systems, who are these dudes? And it's all of a sudden like, bam, terrorist, bam, terrorist, bam, terrorist. And the problem is they weren't terrorists in Afghanistan coming over. It's once they got here, they landed like Dulles Airport or Philadelphia. Two weeks later, they're on the watch list. Like the FBI designates them as a known suspected terrorist. And these were not just your like, you know, oh, this was a kid that ran like milk cartons for Taliban. No, no. These are like armed and dangerous tier one terrorists, category 15, use arms and explosives, those kind of people. And so that's a great indicator to show you that despite a lot of people at that time doing a lot of vetting operations, we were letting in literally dozens of known terrorists. That doesn't include terrorists that we took off the watch list. That doesn't include known security risks that DOD took off their watch list. We're talking like hundreds to maybe even even the thousands of dudes that should not be here because we wouldn't let them on base in Afghanistan because of a security risk. But yet they're allowed to come to this country, get work permits, and just basically do whatever they want to do. Good. Like this, oh my God. I keep tell I keep hearing like I do a lot of research for the show. Like I'm watching the news like you guys every single day. I'm reading the news every single day. I'm watching all this stuff come out. And just like like Alex said, these force multipliers that are coming in are what's scary. We're gonna play for you guys next a clip of a of a Michigan imam, of an imam in Michigan, bro, that's literally saying, like, hey, we need to start waging jihad against the West. Like he's saying it in English and he's also saying it like in, in, in Arabic. And it just blows my mind that like this is this is this is coming. This is happening. So while we're worried about like a, a race war, there's a legitimate religious war, jihad brewing because of what's going on down there at the southern border. That's just with the, the Islamic, ter- the Islamic terrorists. Last week, we were talking about the Chinese that were coming through. And we know that it, it, the sad part is it is literally only a matter of time until they start popping off. And so the same way that, that I've been saying, hey, you know, watch out for flash mobs and transforming into flash armies. This gentleman just talked about it. He talked about the flash armies that are coming up. This is the military age men. That, that's why that phrase is there. That's what all of this preparation is for. That's what this invasion is about, is lowering the drawbridges to let these type of people in, to let these force multipliers come in, to let the imams come in. Like he said, hey, these people come in, 
They get here two weeks later, they're on the terrorist watch list because there's a network and I'm sure a whole program for basically just bringing these people in, getting them set up and then just unleashing them. And like they have they have weapon cases stashed all over the world, all over the nation. Like it's it's crazy when you really start digging into this invasion, because that's exactly what it is. Here is this Michigan imam posting rants, urging Muslims to wage jihad against the infidel West. This is by Richard Moorhead from the Western Journal. The good folks over there, Gateway Pundit, posted it December 18th. Says that an Islamic fanatic is urging Muslims to wage war against the infidel West, quote, from the safe place of the American soil. Ahmad Musa Jabril is also urging his followers to declare jihad against the United States itself according to the New York Post. Michigan, the Michigan cleric declared as such in videos uploaded to X and Telegram accounts associated with him. Jabril assailed Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, describing him as a mere dog for President Joe Biden. Let's hear him basically, basically claim, basically say, hey, we need to wage jihad against America. The U.S. is more to blame for the genocide in Palestine than the occupying Yehud. Netanyahu is no more than a dog for Biden, just like the Arab leaders are dogs for Netanyahu. Leaders who brought the filthy tarfih, the entertainments and concerts into Bilad al-Haramain while the people of Gaza were being massacred. They replaced the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and beloyed the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave permission for those transgressed and to defend themselves. They don't need the permission of any filthy ruler in the UAE or the filthy rulers in Bilad al-Haramain. It's about time the Muslims, especially the youth in the West, it's time for them to understand what should already be known that the Kafir West, particularly the U.S., are enemies of Muslims. America is a vicious enemy of Muslims. I strongly advocated and showed proof for the boycotts. And I still do. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward those who call for it. But they're not the solution. If you can't raise your child telling him you want him to grow up to be a mujahid in a shaheed, then you're the root of the problem. Rawafat don't ever bring victory to Muslims. If there's any treacherous traitor worse than the Yehud, it would be the Rawafat. There's no Philistine with the state borders of 1967. That's the, that, that's the tone of the defeatist and surrenderist. Yeah, so terror attacks are coming to America. And it will be led by people like that. Um, quote, the infidel West, particularly the U.S., are enemies of the Muslims, the extremists claimed in the same message. America is a vicious enemy of the Muslims. Quote, jihad must be a common normal tongue, normal term on your tongues, on your social media, and in the mosques and elsewhere. Jabril claimed in another video, according to Daily Mail. The zealous imam also took aim at leaders of the Arab nations who had replaced Islamic Sharia law with systems more closely resembling Western civil law. Quote, they replaced the Sharia and became loyal to the enemies of Allah, Jabril claimed. 
Gabriel is urging Muslims who reside in Western countries to raise their children as combatants against his perceived enemies. If you can't raise your child telling him you want him to grow up to be a mujahid in a shaheed, then you're the root of the problem. We talk about the heroism of Khalid ibn al-Walid and Abu Ubaidah radiallahu anhum and the victory of Badr and the Lahzab. Some shed tears at the stories of Umair ibn al-Humam and Anas ibn al-Nadr and other Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in. Anas radiallahu anhum, the man who felt bad that he missed the first battle. He missed Badr. In Uhud he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will see what I will do. Wallahi la in arani allahu mashhadan ma'a rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la yarayanna allahu ma asna. He advanced towards Uhud, given an oath that he smells the smell of Jannah. He vigorously fought until he was found after the battle, dead with 80 wounds. No one could recognize him but his sister from his fingertips. When the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam before the battle of Badr said, get up! To a Jannah that's wider than the heavens and the earth. Umair ibn al-Humam said, if I live to eat these dates, it'll be too long of a life. Radiallahu anhum ajma'in. You see those who cry when they hear or remember these stories. And a lot of them, their tears are crocodile tears. Why? Why would I say that? Because when someone today talks that talk and walks that walk, they'll refer to him as a radical and an, and an extremist. And they may even call the authorities to keep an eye on him. Yeah, you're saying raise your child up upon jihad, raise them for the holy war. Uh, Governor Abbott signs bill that lets police arrest migrants who enter the U.S. illegally. The law would allow Texas law enforcement officers to arrest people suspected of entering the country illegally because you need a, you need a law for that. You know, right? Common sense doesn't exist. So you need a law to arrest people who come in here illegally. Jennifer, thank you. Governor Greg Abbott signed a controversial bill into law yesterday. We're talking about Senate Bill 4. Our Victor Jacobo joins us live from the newsroom this morning to share more about this incoming law. So, Victor, is this law getting mixed reactions? Yeah, Stephen Kimberly, pretty much from its inception, this bill has had its critics and its supporters. Senate Bill 4 allows any Texas law enforcement officer to arrest people who are suspected of entering the country illegally. Governor Greg Abbott signed the bill during an event at the border yesterday. If arrested, someone in custody could comply with the state judge's order to leave the country, face prosecution of illegal entry, a misdemeanor charge. Those who don't could be arrested again and face tougher felony charges. Critics argue the law now burdens local law enforcement, with enforcement usually left to federal agents and could lead to racial profiling. But Governor Greg Abbott and his allies believe the federal government has done little to address the situation at the border and has left them with no choice but to empower state agencies. They're not profiling. They are seeing with their own eyes people who are violating the law. And now they're going to have the ability to arrest them uh, and prosecute them. The problem is that local law enforcement uh, don't have the training to enforce immigration law. So, of course, there could be some errors that could be done because they just don't get that uh, that training. Now, the American Civil Liberties Union of Texas published this statement on social media saying they will challenge the law in court. 
law is set to go into effect in March, but a legal battle, if and when that happens, could delay that start date. So Steph will keep an eye on how that progresses as it moves forward. All right, we'll see what happens. Victor Jacobo live in the newsroom for us on Senate Bill 4. Thank you. Appreciate you, Victor. Appreciate you, Victor. Mexican president rages against new migrant law in Texas, vows to challenge. An article from Zero Hedge that's been reposted by the folks over there at Zero Infowars, December 20th. The Mexican president Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador AMLO is spitting mad after Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a measure into law that allows state law enforcement to arrest illegal immigrants who have entered the U.S. without authorization. Quote, we're always going to be against these measures, and we want to say our countrymen and migrants that we're defending them. The governor of Texas is acting this way because he wants to be a candidate for vice president. AMLO said during a Tuesday press briefing, adding that, quote, he's not going to gain anything with this measure. Let me pause right there. Let me, let me pause right there. It's not about any of that crap. I think the main thing here that I'm trying to get across reading this article is Mexico does not want these people there. Mexico does not want these people there. He does. They, they do not want these people in their country. They want to get out. They, they want them out. And they don't want us to be able to send them back. Of course, they would be mad that, hey, we're shutting the pipeline down. Because these people are coming into Mexico and being rejected at the border. They don't want that. They say, they say, keep taking these, keep taking these undesirables, keep taking these people, these criminals. These are not the, the lawbreakers, the lawless ones. Keep taking them. Of course, the Mexican president would be mad about this. Move comes after Texas, fed up with the federal government that continues letting illegal immigrants pour across the Rio Grande and then roam with impunity took matters into their own hands on Monday, enacting a law that makes it a state crime to illegally enter the Lone Star State from a foreign nation. When that law takes effect in March, illegal border crossings will become a Class B misdemeanor punishable by up to six months in jail. Repeat offenses will be a second-degree felony subject to a print and sentence for two to 20, 20 years. Judges can kill the charges if an arrested immigrant agrees to go back to Mexico. Quote, President Biden's deliberate action has left Texas defend it for itself, said Abbott. Quote, today, I will sign three laws to better protect Texas and America from President Biden's border neglect. The other laws provide an additional one, an additional $1.54 billion to continue building border barriers and increasing the minimum jail sentence for migrant smuggling for two years to 10. Some sheriffs, uh, some sheriffs are uneasy about their capacity to hold and manage what could be an enormous population of detainees. In just one section of the 100 of the, of the 1254 mile Texas border with Mexico around cities of Eagle Pass and Del Rio, federal agents encountered 38,000 migrants in October, reports the New York Times. Abbott's signing ceremony comes as a jaw dropping horde of migrants swamp the border in Eagle Pass and as the Border Patrol has, hide, has halted freight train activity on two railway bridges connecting Texas and Mexico as smugglers pack migrants like cattle on northbound rail cars. So, you know, I think this might be, do we actually have a, yeah, here, we actually have a, let's, let's, let's pull this clip up. Let's pull this up. Hordes of people, hordes, like waves and hordes of people. Look at this. 
Insane video shows thousands of illegal immigrants surging the border. I've never seen it like this. So over here from Modernity News. It says, incredible footage has emerged from the border at Eagle Pass in Texas where thousands of illegal immigrants are just waiting to be processed and let go into America. Reporter Bill Melvin commented that, quote, I've spent hundreds of days there over the last few years and I've never seen it like this. Melguin also noted that the railway operations have been suspended at the border in order to free up agents to help process the illegals. Just look at this. Look at how massive. Look at how many people that is. At at the start of the show, we said that there was roughly 13,000 that have been caught uh, in one day. I wonder how many are here. I wonder how many migrants we're seeing just 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 waiting here, clearly thousands. And this is just one day that right? the reporter said he's been there for two years and he's never seen it like this. This is incredible. Incredible. Here's another uh, here is another tweet from RNC Research it says that they're suspending railway operations. Take a live look at our Fox News drone over in Eagle Pass. They have had another mass illegal crossing out there. You can see hundreds upon hundreds of illegal immigrants waiting for processing there. You might be able to see a bridge off in the background. That is where the trains come in. Well, CBP has announced they are suspending railway operations to move CBP officers down into the field to help Border Patrol with processing. In other words, Harris, they're shutting down international commerce in order to help speed up processing of these migrants. Many of them, again, will be released and back out here live. Mm-hmm. December is traditionally one of the slowest months at our southern border, but uh, the Border Patrol Union tells us right now their numbers show they are on track to potentially have the highest single month of arrest they have ever had at our southern border. We'll see. Uh, it, insane. This insane. We're hearing numbers of 12 days it takes for people to come from Guatemala all the way up here to Mexico. This is bypassing everything. Look at how many people that is. That is insane. That's a small village. That's a, that's a village right there. That's a town right there. And that's what you're going to see more. You're going to see like border border towns. You're going to see like shanty villages. You're, you're going to see these things pop up. There's no way we can deal with all these people. My God, there's no way. That's what I'm saying. That's a, that is a small town. A small village. Just imagine if you saw that many houses. Just just, just in one area. And you don't think you're being replaced. Owen Troyer reports from Biden's border invasion saying this is an attack on the country. Silence. This is the War Room with Owen Schroyer. So, ladies and gentlemen, more important, this bus, they have they have dozens, if not hundreds, of these buses all throughout El Paso, all throughout Texas, taking illegal immigrants everywhere. And it's more important to protect the illegal immigrants and drive this bus through a ravine across the border so they can get them on without the American media seeing them. And this bus is going to take them somewhere deep in the heart of Texas, drop them off. But Border Patrol tells us the border's secure, nobody's crossing, nobody's coming in illegally, as it happens right in front of our face. Thank you.
out of the way, Americans. There's illegals coming in. Get out of the way, dirty Americans. We got non-citizens we got to help. You dirty, stinking Americans. This isn't your country. Get out of the way. Cue the Imperial March. Dun, 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 dun. I'm so glad that we're making sure that the media can't see Biden's border invasion. They drive... They drive 30-foot buses through ravines so the media can't see Biden's border invasion. And they send border agents out here telling us it's not happening. I want you to go over there. Okay. So are they going to block our cameras, too? Yeah, make sure we can't see it. Very nice. Make sure nobody can see Biden's border invasion. Make sure nobody can see the illegal immigrants. You dirty, stinking Americans. I'm sorry. Your country gets away. Yeah, you dirty Americans. Get out of the way. This is the illegal immigrants country. What do you guys think you're doing? This country's for illegal immigrants. You guys are dirty Americans. Get out of the way. How rude of you. How rude of you to think you have a country anymore. Hey, let's get another truck up here so no media can see this. In fact, let's just ban the media. Hey, guys, we're going to need you to shut your cameras off. We cannot document Biden's border invasion, okay? Everybody shut your cameras down. No free speech. The Border Patrol is here to tell me sir, to shut up, too. Sir, sir, sir he says, sir, an American allow, citizen, an American citizen. Other media, unbelievable. Unbelievable. This guy's ridiculous. the other media to be able to cover this. No, no, no media. No, oh, no, no media, though. Hey, no media. Nobody see the illegal immigrants. I'm it's not happening. It's not happening. Allow Sir, am I okay to be upset? Do I have the right to redress grievances here? But you, but you're not being. You're being discourteous to. Your I'm being discourteous. A wide open border, but I'm being discourteous. Allow oh, them, I love it. Allow them. To I report. love it. They can record. Nobody's allow stopping them. them. Nobody's see. stopping them except you guys. Look, she's trying to stop the media. You guys don't want us to see this. You drove a bus through no, a ravine. You drove a bus through a ravine, so we couldn't see this. Do you think the American people are stupid? Do you guys Please think the American up. people are stupid? Please. Do you guys like this? Just, kinda, just get, you guys get like, get out of the way, dirty Americans. Shut off your cameras. Nobody's allowed to see. There is no Biden border invasion. Shut your cameras off. Everybody go home. Excuse me? What have you done for this country? What does that have to do with anything? I'm asking you. What have they done for the country? I pay for their bills. I pay taxes. Okay, so what's your point? So again, what have you done for this country? So you're okay with the illegal invasion? You're cool with that? Should we fund it? Should we fund endless wars in Ukraine? Should we fund endless illegal immigration? Is that your policy? You like that? Are they illegal? Yes. Okay, so we should just get rid of the whole immigration system then, right? So let's get rid. Well, then why have it? Why have an immigration system? That's not what I'm saying at all. So let's have an open border and a welfare state. This is an attack on the country, folks. That's what this is. If you can't see it, you're oblivious. Oh, and Troyer fresh out of jail. Raising hell. Love to see it. Love to see it. But he's right. It is an attack. Get out of the way, you dirty Americans. There's illegal immigrants coming through. Get out of here, you dirty American. Don't you know there's a, this, is, this isn't your country? This is the illegal immigrants country. And that's it. Let's get Border Patrol down here. Let's bring out our guns. Let's cover it all up because it's legal, right? Right. Because this is so this is so normal, right? This is so above board, right? This is so legit that you got to cover it up. You got to move this stuff in the dead of night. You got to try to cover these people's identity. 
absolutely insane. And he's right. We are being invaded. This is an attack against our country. Biden's administration is trying to occupy our whole nation. Even, even more of the crazy stuff that's going on. Look at this. O'Keefe Media Group interviews bus driver dropping off illegal aliens at the Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. So while we were getting literal video footage of people from Mexico, Africa, Guatemala, Venezuela flying, James O'Keefe is down here literally talking to the bus driver. As the O'Keefe Media Group OMG on Wednesday evening released video footage of illegal aliens being dropped off at the Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport in Arizona. James O'Keefe interviewed a jet limo bus driver dropping off illegals at the Phoenix Sky Airport, saying, quote, are these migrants from the border, O'Keefe asked the bus driver? The driver replied, correct. Let's listen. O'Keefe outside Phoenix Sky Harbor. The migrant buses are pulling up here. We're going to take a look at what's going on right now. Outside door 21, Phoenix Airport. I'm running towards the bus right now. We're at the migrants, but this is the migrants coming in right now. All blacked out. So are you a migrant? You're coming in from the country illegally? Here we are at Phoenix Sky Harbor. They're dropping off the buses, sir. Sir? Sir? This is James O'Keefe with OMG. Are you dropping off migrants at the airport? Am I? Yes. Why? Because I'm a journalist, I'm an investigative reporter, and a lot of the airline people here are talking about buses pulling up to the airport. Are those migrants from the border you just dropped off? That's correct. And, and, and where, who are you working for? This is for James O'Keefe, video investigation. Who do you work for? What are you investigating? I'm investigating why buses are pulling up to Phoenix Sky Harbor. They're dropping off illegal immigrants, migrants, and a lot of the people at the front desks are upset about it. People working for the airlines. Why are they upset about it? They're upset because of the hygiene, hygiene on the on the airplanes, and there's some concerns and health concerns. I'll take that up with the city, the city or the state. Just take that up with the city. Who do you work for? They work for the government of the airlines. Well, it matters because the public, the public has a right to know. Can you tell me who you work? I can find it's, out. It's so, it's so crazy. You, you work for Chet Limousine. And who hired you? I don't know the contract. You don't know. Every everybody's just covering for everybody. Uh, what's your name? Everybody's I mean, I just find out. Covering for everybody. All right. Uh, I mean, there's nothing that various going on here at all whatsoever. How many trips do you take a day? Uh, what time? I think you guys get it from here. I think you guys get it from here. Texas Governor Greg Abbott begins flying illegal aliens to sanctuary cities. First flight for illegals lands in Chicago. An article by David Grayson of Gateway Pundit. They put this up December 20th. Says that uh, tens of thousands of illegals have poured into Texas over the last few days on Joe Biden's open border invitation. So Governor Abbott is sending them to blue sanctuary cities. According to Fox News reporter Bill, uh, Bill Magwin, Governor Abbott is now flying illegals to sanctuary cities. Their first flight out of El Paso Tuesday afternoon had 120 illegal aliens on board en route to Chicago O'Hare's airport. According to Bill Magwin, the illegals signed voluntary waivers before departing for Texas. The governor's office is planning more flights to any sanctuary city, which say they have, which which they say is fair game.
So they're getting bus rides, they're getting plane rides, they're getting train rides, boat rides. They're getting literally escorted. Literally escorted into the country. Insane. It's a whole industry. It, it, it truly is a whole industry. And there they go. And plane after bus after train ride is, is, is just taken full of immigrants. Critical trains for trade and commerce halted because illegal alien invasion keeps getting worse. This is the one that, that really got my, uh, got my juices flowing, got chapped my khakis, so to speak. Uh, sent to me by my good buddy, Matthew Burke, over at the Liberty Daily. Uh, started off with just a news report from Fox News, and then I started digging deeper and deeper and deeper and got angrier and angrier and angrier. It's a tweet by Charlie Kirk. Uh, Bill Melligan uh, reporting in, by the way, one of the greatest current modern-day journalists out there as far as just a true reporter. This guy goes where he needs to go, and he reports on it, and does probably 80 90% of his reporting is about the border and he puts his himself at risk to get the news. Bill Melligan, uh, one of the few good guys over Fox news, but anyway, I digress. We'll, we'll get away from my Fox news hatred. Bill Melligan reporting that authorities are suspending railway operations at the Southern border to free up agents to help with the flood of illegal immigration. And then what quote from Bill during the, the broadcast, I'll play that here in a second. In other words, they're shutting down international commerce in order to to help speed up processing of these quote unquote migrants the uh, they are they are illegal aliens mostly military aged men that are uh legal aliens let's go ahead and take, take a live look take a live and get it set to play take a live look at our fox news drone over in eagle pass they have had another mass illegal crossing out there you can see hundreds upon hundreds of illegal immigrants waiting for processing there you might be able to see a bridge off in the background that is where the trains come in well cbp has announced they are suspending railway operations to move cbp officers down into the field to help border patrol with processing in other words harris they're shutting down international commerce in order to help speed up processing of these migrants many of them again will be released and back out here live mm -hmm. december is traditionally one of the slowest months at our southern border but uh, the border patrol union tells us right now their numbers show they are on track to potentially have the highest single month of arrest they have ever had at our southern border we'll so that's that's the report and yes obviously i don't know about you but i am infuriated about it and i don't think i'm alone uh, Representative Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene, MTG, she also had some thoughts on the issue. The invasion at our southern border is beyond impeachment. It should be considered treason. Now she's talking my language. Joe Biden, Mayorkas, and the rest of his administration need to be held accountable. Now, I say stuff like that all the time, and it's okay if I say it. When a member of Congress says it most of the time, I say, okay, we'll do something. Well, here's the thing. Marjorie Taylor Greene has been trying to do something. She's been trying to, to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas for a long time, and her colleagues just don't seem to agree with her. They're still looking for some, some smoking gun, some trying to find that where he lied, this, that, or the other. Folks, here's the reality, okay? Well, let's take the Biden, Biden impeachment 
uh, away for for a second. We'll talk about that some of the time. But okay. specifically we, about Alejandro Mayorkas. Okay, I think I got the main thing that I I wanted there. Uh, just the fact that train carts and commerce and trade are being affected by the migrant situation, uh, and that plays a huge part for what we're what we're about to see right here. Uh, here's Alex Jones saying that there may be a supply chain shortage coming. Cargo ships are under attack in the Red Sea. So if we're hearing that, and, and this, this is just something people need to think about, cargo attacks, cargo ships are under attack. Trains aren't aren't having food deployed or uh, delivered. That's that's how the supply chain crunch can also be affected, and the, how that affects the austerity measures, lockdowns, inflation, things like this, and more. We, you re, like this is asymmetrical warfare as well. That's why Mexico is like, please take all these migrants to where it literally shuts down our training. It shuts down trains. It shuts down commerce. It shuts down so much more. Small regional local things having a massive geopolitical global impact. Let's listen. Companies all over the world are suspending any ships going into those waters. And it's multiple oceans, multiple seas all around Saudi Arabia and by Iran and by Yemen. So this goes all the way into the Indian Ocean. This, they're, they're hijacking them. You notice you never hear what happens to the ships after because they're not even sending people to save them. Battle the Red Sea, U.S., U.K., shoot down attack drones. Will Biden bomb Yemen next? This is escalating very, very, very quickly. While other networks lie to you about what's happening now, InfoWars tells you the truth about what's happening next. Jeez. Whole lot going on there. Hope, that, hope those clips get uh, better over time, or at least longer. Uh, I, I was listening to... Mike Adams speak about the devastation regarding that, like how serious that actually is and how they're using rockets, surface to air missiles, drones and stuff like that. And again, how these small little basically groups, these ragtag guerrilla warfare type groups are able to bring ships uh, that deliver goods locally, like internationally, how they're able to bring them to home. And that's what inspired me to rant and rave about all of this, about this global destabilization, the interconnectedness of the world, uh, all of this stuff is, is 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 crazy. The shortages and the transnational criminal organizations, like there's a there's a lot that's going on with just this alone. We are not done with it. We're for sure going to see more of it in the future. I can guarantee you that that's that's what I'm saying. Uh, the immigration invasion, the the border invasion. Everything that's going on with that, it affects commerce. It affects shortages. It affects our normal day-to-day life. Like this right here, border crisis. Border patrol officers find $10 million worth of meth and cocaine in a vat of jalapeno paste. I wonder if there's a video clip. There's not. This is by David Grayson of The Gateway Pointer. They put this up December 17th. It says the border crisis continues. The millions of illegal aliens pouring across the border is bad enough, but there is also another major crisis that continues to plague our nation, illegal drugs. A 28-year-old driver was arrested on Wednesday for transporting $10 million worth of meth and cocaine at the southern border in Ote Mesa, California. The drugs were hidden in vats of jalapeno paste on a tractor trailer that, ironically, was legally crossing the border. It says that a 28, this next part comes from Fox News report, 
says a 28-year-old driver was busted last week after border officers in Southern California discovered over $10 million worth of narcotics hidden inside a shipment of jalapeno paste, authorities said. Border officers at the Ote Mesa cargo facility encountered the driver hauling vats of jalapeno paste in a commercial tractor trailer just after 10.30 a.m. Wednesday, Border Patrol said. The driver, who officials say is a valid border crossing valid border crossing card holder, was referred to a secondary area for further examining, along with his rig and its shipment, the agency said. Thanks to the Border Patrol's K-9 unit, the officers were alerted to the contents inside the vats. It was described as a, quote, hot find. There were well over 300 packages of interest in the vehicle. After officers tested the package, they found over 3,000 pounds of meth and over 500 pounds of cocaine. The Border Patrol took possession of the drugs and the driver was turned over to Homeland Security. Quote, the agency's San Diego field office seized a total of more than 14,000 pounds of narcotics in November. Yeah, man, they know Americans love their drugs, and they know that's the best way to get into the country. It's the best way to do business. When we're, when we're talking about the border crossers that are coming from Venezuela, Africa, Guatemala, uh, you know, uh, even like Afghan and Syria, uh, Afghanistan and Syria, these guys are able to come over here using the drugs as a way to leverage flip themselves into basically doing business. They can set up trap houses. They can get into prostitution. They can get into criminal activities. And just like that, they can now finance their own operation. So you see how I'm like, oh, you know, get storable food, get get new leave natural, support us with with with, uh, you know, getting exclusive memberships. Not the border crossers. The border crossers are like, we need we uh, we need to start pimping. We need to start pimping females. We need to start selling drugs. We need to start committing crimes. We need to start stealing cars. We need to start doing all this stuff to build up an infrastructure and a system and an operation so that when other people come here, they come to us and we take care of them and we put them inside the system. We put them inside this 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 machine that we built. And so the terrorists that are coming through, the militants that are coming through, they got a whole system. They know Americans love their meth and cocaine and, and fentanyl, and they'll sell it to you twice as cheap just so they can see you tomorrow. You have to understand how calculated this asymmetrical fifth generational warfare is. So to start kind of moving stuff forward to wrap up this this segment and this thought process of the austerity measures, Agenda 2030, the illegal immigration, the mass migration, the resource wars, how we have less and less stuff because of everything that's going on. Look at this. Climate surveillance, EPA, Gore are working with little known interests to spy on your emissions. So as we have less and less and less, the technocrats find that to be even more juicy material for them to research and study. They know what they're doing. They're getting us all used to being poor so that they can roll out the environmental agenda to get us to jump on board with that and say, you're right. We don't need wealth. We don't need largesse. We don't need all of this extra stuff. We do just need the bare minimum because that's what the government decreed. Think about these things. When they tell you that you will own nothing and you will be happy, you'll be happy that you own nothing. Think about the inversion of logic on that. Where in God's green earth would you be happy that you own nothing other than in the satanic kingdom that they're trying to create? And I get it. Practice non-attachment, Buddhist, uh, the Buddhist ideology, things like this, enlightenment. That's not what they're talking about. They ain't talking about enlightenment. When they're telling you you're going to own nothing and be happy, well, you're going to be happy that you don't own a car. It emits gas. 
You're going to be happy that you don't own a house. It's going to cost too much to maintain. They want to make you a permanent renter. They want to put you on the plantation. They want you in the welfare state. Look at all those migrants, how they own nothing and how happy they are. But what happens when the free money runs out and the traveling vacation is done and we just have disgruntled people here in our area? This is going to be the next thing they push on us. This will be the unifying and dividing factor. So since this comes from P. Gardner Goldsmith of MRC TV, they put this up on November 20th or December 20th. It says that since December 15th marked the 232 anniversary of the U.S. Of the, of the adoption of the U.S. Bill of Rights. And December 16th was the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. Perhaps it's time to assess the state, the status of our natural rights. In other words, do we live in the purported land of the free or are we trapped in the land of the lost? Reference to the recent U.S. state and local government action tilts the scale, so, tilts the scale far, far to the side of lost. In just the last half decade, we've seen each, quote, level of government engage in lockdown, infringe on the rights of its of landlords, block the fulfillment of private contracts, censor, lie, play favorites with numerous interests in numerous industries, turn out tax cash into weaponry, and welfare sh- showered on foreign nations, pump false narratives, about concerned parents being potential, quote, domestic terrorist threats whom the feds can surveil, hold prisoners for more than two years without trials while withholding likely exculpatory evidence from those whom the feds did grant, grind through their insane judicial mill, force us to, to house soldiers in the new U.S. military bases, reauthorize the so-called National Defense Authorization Act of an insultingly unconstitutional Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, allowing for the secret spying and much more. The contrast between the founding era America and the contemporary America is so stark, one that one might speculate that it has been derived from the plot of a dystopian novel. But there is much more. In fact, hiding behind those stark brazen usurpations of our rights, the feds have been using, quote, indirect means to skirt the illicit rules of the Bill of Rights. And they have been employing typical fear-mongering narratives to promote their, quote, good work with third parties. Under the guise of, quote, national security and after being exposed for directly collecting the digital communications of innumerable Americans, the feds changed tact and began paying digital communication corporations as if they were subcontractors to hand them the information that the Fourth Amendment is supposed to stop government from getting without warrants. I mean, let me see if I can just move forward. Carbon mapper. In other words, this corporation will spy on us and then sell our, sell that information to the APA, which then can engage in its typical threatening and finding activity completely contrary to the Fifth, Sixth, and Eighth Amendments that require, quote, due process, the ability of accused to confront witnesses in a, quote, speedy and public trial and prohibit government from imposing, quote, cruel and unusual punishment or taking things from us without just compensation. The government creates the, quote, corporate status of carbon mapper and other corporations then sets up deals to have them gather our private info and hand it to the government. It's a jaw-dropping way to skirt the Fourth Amendment. Uh, this seems like a very lengthy article that we, we probably should have screened. But the point I'm trying to make by transitioning from talking about the, the, the border invasion to talking about Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 is they're getting us used to this third world country status, this third world nation status with like a high-tech overlay, like techno, techno serfdom, neo-feudalism is what it is where we have like a high-tech technocratic society, but we're all basically serfs of the state. 
to where we're, where, where we're given allowances from the state, where the state takes care, takes care of us. Where we're, where we're basically trust fund kids, trust fund babies with an allowance. That would be the universal basic income and things like that. See right here, climate cult calls for universal acceptance of the green dictatorship. Food, energy, and money, how they plan to plan on moving everyone in the smart cities before 2030. Let's read a little bit of this. This is this is the main thing. So 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 smart cities, 15-minute cities, shanty towns, border villages, like 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 this is where people will escape to when the cities begin to collapse. This is where people will go to, to these different areas. That's why you have Trump talking about coming up with federal new federal cities. You got Elon Musk talking about a city, Bill Gates talking about a city, Akon talking about creating cities, all kinds of different people talking about creating a cities because they know that the, that the cities we have now are going to collapse. We're going to send these people to them. They are going to collapse and they're going to it's going to be hellhole. So we've got to start thinking about where we're going to put these people next. Uh, quote, smart cities, which are very similar to the 15 minute cities, are no longer theoretical. The infrastructure is already being implemented across the globe and plans are in the works to move us into them. Most of our audience will say that they would never participate, but their options may be limited if they don't get ready to push back before they're rolled out. In the near future, there will be three types of places where people live in Western society, particularly in the United States. Most will live in variations of the current major cities packed into small geographic locations at these metropolises as these metropolises are converted into multiple districts that are self-contained. It will be very dissimilar from how it is today, except that the people in each district will be confined to their district. It will be their dystopian version of a smart city. A variation of the urban, quote, smart cities will be the mini versions located near farms, mines, and other necess necessary societal components that cannot exist in metro areas. The rules for these, quote, off-site areas won't be very different for the workers who live there. There will still be guards to make sure nobody leaves the plantations it will be like a prison work program where certain people get to leave the city for a time to pick apples or mine lithium. Those who are rich and properly politically aligned with globalists will be allowed to live in the new smart cities. We're seeing a version of this being planned right now in Northern California as the super rich near the San Francisco Bay Area are trying to escape the hellhole they created by relocating to their new utopia. Many high-end suburban areas or small towns will be converted into smart cities for the elites as well. For many, it will be a step down in lifestyle, but they'll need to make, quote, sacrifices for the globalists' greater good. The third group of people will be the smallest, the remnant. Those who were able to avoid the oppression and circumvent the dictates will, will live in rural areas. This group will truly be self-sufficient. They will not require government for anything related to their survival, and they will also be equipped to defend themselves against those who would try to take what they have. It's impossible for many to imagine such a scenario, but for the sake of suspending disbelief, Let's stipulate two likelihoods so we can understand that the path to the dystopian future. First, the depopulation agenda is, is already playing out, whether through war, a dangerous pandemic, vaccine adverse reactions, false flag domestic terrorism, or a combination of things. The population of America and a possible much of Western society could greatly be diminished in the near future. This will make us much more manageable. Second, the climate change cult is very likely to get their way. In many ways, they already are, as blue states are setting deadlines for the end of gas-powered cars, gas stoves, and anything driven by fossil fuels. I will continue to fight their agenda with everything I have, and I know many of you will as well. But I fear they have too much money, political clout, and narrative control for us to defeat them. I pray that I'm wrong, 
but I fear that I'm right. This cult will drive most of the left to willingly submit them submit to this new normal of, quote, smart cities. But what about those on the right? What about the freedom-loving patriots who will not submit to sacrifices for the sake of a theory in which we do not abide? To understand this, we should reread the words, the evil words of Henry Kissinger, the godfather of modern globalism. He says, who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy can control the whole continents. Who controls money can control the world. There's a good chance nearly all of our readers are very well aware of what's currently happening with the food supply. The powers that be are changing it fundamentally, creeping their control mechanisms into place where through regulations and sabotage, those who would try to avoid the regulations will be quashed as an Amish farmer in Virginia is learning. Food processing plants are being mysteriously destroyed on a weekly basis, while the push for lab-grown meat to replace real meat is hitting a stride. Before 2030, governments and powerful people like Bill Gates will be operating public-private partnership that will have complete control of the food supply for the sake of climate change. This is a very well-written article. This is actually a very well-written article, but I think we're going to go ahead and cut it off there because you guys get what that means. You get what they're trying to do. And we have actually a recent example of this, of these smart cities, of these 15-minute cities, of them trying to redirect and control, socially engineer the population. Rosemont, Minnesota is trying to establish a 15-minute city with the help of Mark Zuckerberg's Meta. I don't think there's a clip. Um, yeah, there's, actually, there's, a, there's not a clip. This comes from Arsenio Toledo of Natural News. They put this up. December 20th, it says that Facebook's parent company, Meta Platforms, is attempting to create a 15-minute city in a small town of Rosemont, Minnesota, by taking over 280 acres of land to create a data center. The planning commission for the city of Rosemont has unanimously approved several measures for the Meta Platforms data center project to move forward, despite objections from residents. It now heads to city council, which is scheduled to consider approval, approving the plan so it can begin construction on December 21st. Initially dubbed, quote, Project Bigfoot, Meta's data center is set to be housed on 280 acres of land in the University of Minnesota's Umore Park near the southern edge of Rosemont, a suburb of the Twin Cities metropolitan area. The university's Board of Regents recently sold the land to Meta for $39 million, uh, with a deal excited, expected to close by the end of January. The proposed data center is expected to cost Meta $700 million and create rough and create only 50 full-time jobs. However, state and local officials try to argue that the data center would be one of the largest construction projects in Minnesota in recent years and would employ about 1,000 tradespeople. Quote, it is exciting to see projects like this coming to Minnesota, said Minnesota Public Utilities Commissioner Joe Sullivan. Quote, they have a really important benefit for all the jobs created. Uh, let's, I wanna hear more about this 15 minute city. And does that mean that, you know, if they create this data center that only the 50 employees that are working there or the, you know, satellite employees are going to be taking care of the city? I don't know. It's very interesting. I, I, I just get this thought process of just like a Los Alamos type situation where you go out there, you build a you build like a laboratory or a lab, you get like the staff and people just live there. They live there. Rosemont's residents have been have warned city officials about their concerns regarding the possibility of the data center using up the city's water and electricity resources. During her 5th, December 15th episode of, quote, Right Now with Ann Vandersteel on Friday on TV, Vandersteel pointed out that the area where the data center is expected to be built 
drains into the Vermilion River, which is already listed by the state as an impaired water site. She warned that on average, hyperscale data centers like the one that Meta wants to build use an average of 450 gallons of water per day. Good Lord. Rosemont's water usage is already unsustainable, according to the city authorities. Quote, these data centers shouldn't be anywhere near residential communities, warned Vandersteel, who pointed out that once completed, the Rosemont data center is expected to bring about 35 or 35,000 people to a city of just 25 of just 27,000, creating a city within a city. There it is. There it is. The city within the city. The first phase of Meta's data center is expected to draw at least 10 megawatts of electricity to be supplied by Minnesota, Minneapolis based electric utility company XL Energy. In exchange, Meta will be making monthly payments of at least $20,000, and as Meta consumes more electricity, what it pays could rise to as high as $100,000, especially if local electricity demands is above 150 megawatts. Furthermore, the city residents have pointed out why the data center has been allowed many variances to the city building codes, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I think we got the news we needed. The data center is expected to bring about 35,000 people a town of just 27,000. And think about what we just played for you guys just a couple minutes beforehand with all those migrants. All of those migrants, they're talking about creating a whole new city just for Facebook's data center. Imagine what they're going to do with all these migrants. I'm just, I'm blown away. And it's not, it's not just this. It's not just the 15 minute cities. It's not just the migrants. It's not just any of this type of stuff. I think I'm just blown away by like how fast all this stuff is coming into fruition. And staying on Mark Zuckerberg to finish out the episode, far left Mark Zuckerberg reportedly developing a $270 million fortress in Hawaii with a massive underground bunker and an escape hatch. Why would this be coming out right now? Why would Mark Zuckerberg's uh, deep underground military base be coming out right now in a time of Inflation, invasion, wars, destabilization, so much more. Because, and, and this is too, after the fires at Lahaina, this is afterwards. Hawaii is ground zero for where these people operate. If in the event something pops off, they're all going to go there. The same way that as soon as it did pop off, people were trying to buy that land immediately. Why is somebody like Mark Zuckerberg basically boasting about his underground bunker in Hawaii. Part of me doesn't even want to read this. It's kind of just a headline, really, saying, hey, these guys are telegraphing that something big is coming. Something big is coming. They have no problem with telling you that they are hiding, that they are getting prepared. And at another level, they don't really care what happens to you. But please continue to use the products. Please continue to be an advocate for their services. $270 million fortress in Hawaii. And we've been talking about this, how the, how the elites, they're running, they're hiding, how people that are building bases too are contacting, con, they're, they're being contacted by rich people saying, hey, how quickly can you get this together? Some of the people that are, are, that are calling are saying, hey, I need to have a safe place to stay for the next one to three years. What's going to go on with the SPARS pandemic? What's going to go on with this migrant situation? What's going to go on with the war in Ukraine? We are, unfortunately, 
stuck in a wheel of fear, in a wheel of chaos that just keeps turning and turning and turning. And the sad part is, is I don't know what the flashpoint will be. I don't know what the trigger event will be. We know we know it's coming. We know there's going to be some type of event that pops off and we just we can't go back. I don't know what the flashpoint event will be. You know, I thought it would be COVID. It's not. It's the war. It's not the invasion. It's not being declared like a domestic terrorist for not wanting pedophiles to read to your kid. It's not. There are so many flashpoints. So many cards on the table, so many different ways they can pull this and just start keep and just and just keep things going that is getting dangerous. And so that's why I, all I can do is tell you guys to prepare. And 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 these the same way, like these guys have a plan too for the people like us that do prepare, that do just break off. They have a the rural domestic preparedness consortium. They have a whole Department of Homeland Security training program to deal with people who just say, you know what, screw this, going to the hills, breaking away. It's the Rural Domestic Preparedness Consortium. It's a part of Homeland Security and FEMA. For people that are like, you know what, I'm running to the hills, I'm getting away from this. They understand that people are going to do that as these cities begin to collapse. It's a part of continuity of government. It's a part of preserving this, this, this intellectual capital called America. And they're going to do that. And so that's all I can really tell you guys to do at this point is figure out where you are going to be in this tiered society. Get prepared because they're not going to slow down. They're going to pull the trigger. Shots are already being fired. And we're praying to God that we don't get caught in the crossfire. That we still have enough time to navigate this insanity without being caught up in it. And it truly is an insane time. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions feel free to email me. I'll have it in the link in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noizera, Freedom Faction, and the exclusive members crew. Out.